sell your liver. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, November 3rd, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 353. This is No Agenda. The mice are feet down here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the garbage is being taken out as we speak, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yeah. It's garbage Same day? Same to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I know it's garbage day there on Thursday. It's garbage day. Garbage. Our garbage is Friday. And that's our show, everybody. Yeah, we'll be back again <laughs> next week. Trying to figure out the spreadsheet, it's all. Okay. It's that, it's, why is Pelzemacher's thing out in the middle of nowhere? Right. It's like, huh? Okay. Well, in the morning to you, John. Uh, in the morning to you, in the morning to all ships that see boots on the ground, feet in the air, and... Uh, anchors in the bay. And for those of you about to head east towards Texas, in the morning to you. Oh, wait, that's myself. And in the morning to all the uh, human resources lined up, energized, ready to go in the chat room, noagendachat.net, noagendastream.com. Uh, good to see everyone there. Uh, ready to help us out with our live show, which you do every single Thursday and Sunday morning. And uh, this, of course, is the best podcast in the universe. What if we got any votes? <laughs> I don't think so. I think we got some, you know. Yeah, we have all the people that can actually make bots. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching uh, X Factor last night. Um, you thought that was crap. It is. Uh, but I love to watch it with Miss Mickey because, you know, she gets in a really good mood. And then I know I can get lucky later on. <laughs> and uh, at the very end, there's these really, really teeny weensy letters that say... Um, that they're working with a consultant. I should have written down the exact text. They're working with a consultant, and if they if they suspect any robo-dialing or mass texting going on, then they can just uh, change the vote. <laughs> at will. <laughs> yeah, well, how, that's kind of what it says, at at producer's discretion. And, they, uh, and Simon Cowell, what a douche. He's like... Uh, yeah, I'm very happy to announce Fox has picked us up for next year, for the next season. Yeah, for all the make-dos you have to do. <laughs> it's so obvious. The whole industry knows that they've totally failed on their numbers. They were supposed to. They sold advertising on 20 million viewers. They got like 11 per, uh, per episode. And so uh, now they have to carry it over towards next year. Right. Yeah, or give them their money back. Oh, yeah. No, we don't want to do that. But that doesn't matter, John, because the big news, of course, uh, that oh, there's only two stories that matter in Gitmo Nation, uh, United States of America's. Only two stories matter. One, of course, is that Herman Cain is the new Clarence Thomas. And the other, of course, is that Kim Kardashian is getting a divorce. No one else cares about anything else. That pretty much seems to be it. That's in a nutshell. Do you think she's a member of the presidential slut squad and that uh, she got the call? Like, hey, Kimmy, Kimmy, listen up, uh, Kimmy. Uh, we got some real trouble uh, in the world here. You know, we got like, uh, you know, we got like Europe falling apart, and uh, we got, uh, you know, all kinds of bad stuff. Could you, um, could you do something for us? Could you help us out with a little uh, distraction? Uh, let me think. Uh, oh, I know. Why don't you get divorced? It's in the script anyway. Just move it up a little bit. 
shocker. Well, it's definitely in the script. I yeah. mean, if you look at that couple. Yeah. Well, no, uh, but it, it, the amazing. I think she should be marrying a midget. <laughs> I just find it so amazing that that uh, people are now, hey, man, do you think that was like fake? <laughs> really? It's they call it the showmance instead of the romance. I just love it. It's, I think it was fake. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is a national debate, man. I think that maybe that was all fake. That, maybe that wasn't real. Maybe it was just for ratings. Yeah, really? I see all, even people I respect are talking about this. I think the best thing was said it was on the Today Show. They have this clone of like a uh, Fox. News panel, and they have Matt Lauer and three other people uh, yakking away about stuff. A black woman who's just very naive about these things and thinks everything's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Donnie Deutsch, who's a, just a douche douchebag and thinks everything's fake. Isn't he the, then, the advertising executive? I, I don't I know th- what he I is. I think he was. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. And then uh, he had a show on one of the networks for a while. Yeah. And then uh, Nancy Snyderman, who's a doctor who seems to be the only sensible person on the whole thing. And they brought this topic up and she <laughs> concluded, why are we even talking about this? What this is, this whole thing is like, it's, it's not only obviously bull crap, but why are we discussing it? It's just like giving it credence. Well, for Matt Lauer, I don't know if I told you my Matt Lauer story. He used to work at VH1. Do you know that? No. Yeah. He he was hosting videos at VH1 for about a month, and uh, and then he uh, and then somehow he got into to NBC and worked his way up. It's all, all these guys—they're not journalists. It's like uh, who's the guy that does the nightly? Brian Williams. He was a a stringer. I remember he interviewed my ex-wife about uh, plastic surgery, and he was hitting on her too. <laughs> And now he's like the nightly news anchor. He's the guy. Come on. What's so funny about him being the anchor is that he's also a a comedy wannabe. He's always showing up on Jon Stewart and trying to be hilarious. Yeah. Well, of course, because he's a a douche. Anyway, I I did. uh, I listened to your little show over there with uh, Horowitz. Um where I was kind of surprised. Well, maybe it, it, it was Tuesday, so maybe it was hard for you guys to delve into it about what's happening with this uh, referendum with uh, Papandreou in, uh, in Greece. And uh, you, of course, correctly said, hmm, this sounds suspicious. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. I have uh, delved in, and I think I've kind of figured it out. Do you have any theories on this yet? On the Papadreas thing? About, mm-hmm. I mean, my basic thinking... The referendum. I, I didn't jump into it, so I, I have no real deep thoughts, but I just think there's something... I think the U.S. is somehow behind this. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I would back that up with what Bernicke... I don't have this clip. I do have a Bernicke clip. But he had a long press conference uh, on Wednesday. And uh, in there, he did mention the fact that we have, like, firewalled the U.S. economy... Yeah, a little, a little bit. Not, not to the point that we're not going to get affected if this whole thing in Europe falls apart, but it's firewalled enough so that we're somewhat protected from it from the worst case scenario, which I thought was a good thing. Do you want me to play the, your clip, or I don't have that? my clip? Oh, okay. No, you, one, uh, I have a clip, but it's about yes, something okay. else. Okay. Well, um, so just for those who aren't in the know, and uh, you know, because you and I follow this, and we watch a lot of uh, horrible television and read a lot of boring reports, uh, so that people don't have to. Uh, the prime minister of Greece, uh, born in Minnesota, born and raised, I think, even in Minnesota, he is an American, 
uh, for all intents. I think he has a dual passport, but for all intents and purposes, he's an American uh, who also traveled to uh, Washington, D.C. about a day and a half before he announced a referendum on the next bailout. Uh, and <laughs> apparently the EU parliament, I guess, was, they, was it them or was it one of their subcommittees that took him to task, yeah. I guess, behind closed doors? And the, hey, bitch, him? what are you doing? This is, what are you doing? <laughs> you're trying to screw us here. You're, you're on our side. So I think that uh, indeed uh, the United States is behind this. Uh, and it's, we should get that clip of uh, Bernanke saying that we're, that we're firewalled. I think that I asserted earlier, well, on the last show, I said this would, two weeks and this thing would come, come crumbling down. And, you know, and literally the day after, Papandreou, like, screws everybody up by saying, oh, you know, uh, I think I'm going to let these people who are rioting in the streets, uh, who are really, really pissed off about this, I think I'm going to let them vote if we're going to do this anymore with you guys. So, obviously, everyone's like, oh, no, what are you doing? Can't have a vote. No. So my assertion, of course, earlier was that uh, that this is probably being done by the United States on purpose to bring Europe down, which would be great, right? It's great for the dollar. It's uh, it's good for uh, ex or imports from uh, from Europe. Uh, if the if the euro starts to tank, which uh, it certainly looks like it's on its way down, it was down to a dollar thirty six. I think it might have popped up a little bit. It's uh, but it was down from the one forty two before the weekend, before all this happened. Um, and, uh, so I'm like, we, we like it when it's at 80 cents, Yeah, where it started and where it should be. So it only, yeah. it only behooves uh, the United States. And then of course, um, it's cool. And I think we might even be collusion in collusion with the Germans. Cause of course it's cool if the French, you know, go belly up, uh, and the French banks are in real, real trouble. This whole European stability fund is all about saving the French banks first. And then of course there's Italy. Well, let's face it, no one really cares, you know, because the parties are over. No more, no more bunga bunga from, uh, from Berlusconi. That's all over. So, you know, we don't have anywhere to party with the guys. Who cares about Italy? And I'm like, where, how does this work? Why is he doing this? And it turns out that only 29 days ago, uh, this referendum law was passed in Greece, in the Greek parliament. So this is always kind of a red flag when something changes <laughs> so close to something, to a big announcement like this. And what's interesting about uh, the the new referendum law is there's various forms of a referendum. At the very end of this bill, I guess, is, I don't know if they call it that in uh, in Greece, is the following line translated. As concerns referendums on issues of national importance, the quorum will be decided by the competent parliamentary committee. Now, it's no coincidence that Papandreou is talking about this referendum being of, quote, national importance. So he's automatically invoking this special kind of rule, which, and work through this with me, John, He's saying that um, in order to, if we have a national importance referendum, then a special committee or competent parliamentary parliamentary committee, which I guess is just a bunch of guys who say, yep, yeah, we're competent, they can determine what the quorum is. And a quorum, I'll try and explain that, is when you have a vote, you have to have a certain number of people in order for the vote to be valid to represent the populace. So they could say, 
Um, this is of national importance. We're doing the referendum tomorrow. Only 50,000 people showed up. Oh, that's okay. That's good. Correct? Uh, JC just walked in and said the referendum has been canceled. No, 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 no. It has not been canceled. This is, he's, he stopped reading BBC News, Buzzkill Stop Jr. reading the chat room. Says, yeah, really. Stop, please. No, so, no, no. Um, so, so the way the I see quorum is, yeah, well, there's usually actually the quorums are usually specifically defined. I don't know that, at least in our democracy, that you can say, you know, there's one guy showed up. I call it a quorum. Yeah, but that's not our democracy. It's Greece's democracy. I don't know, I don't know how they do it in Greece. I mean, well, it, 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 says seems... it, it says it right here. If it's of no. national importance, the quorum will be decided by the competent parliamentary committee. So the parliamentary committee that deems itself competent is going to determine what a quorum is. The way okay. I the way I read that. Uh, what what would let's back up a second. Why would this be important in ah. any way? Because if the public was actually given the opportunity, they're all going to vote no. Ah, well, thank you. This is the whole point. Because of this rule, Papandreou has complete control over the outcome. Because he can call any size at any time a quorum and say, "Oh, hey, look, come on, John, Ireland, how did they do that? Like, you know, everyone voted no, then all of a sudden they all voted yes. I mean, come on, that it's just a rigging system. It's it's just a little little gotcha in there, so that he knows that he can make it pass at any given moment, and the people in the know know that he can do that as well. And I think that he was invoked by the U.S. authorities to screw Europe." To bring them down, uh, to um, possibly change the outcome for the U.S. banks, but certainly screw the French banks and the Italians. And then he, not only does he get a, a ranch in Paraguay next to Bush Jr., but he looks like a hero because he said, hey, you know, the people voted. Oh, they voted yes because it was a special quorum, but sorry. I think, that, I think it's the most brilliant move anyone could do. And, and and I tell you that if the referendum happens, which I believe it will, it will be a positive outcome because it's rigged. It's rigged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it doesn't have I don't think it needed to be rigged, but I guess it's a it's for a, a positive it's outcome for a positive outcome. Yeah, I think it I think it would need to be rigged. I don't think anyone in Greece is like, yeah, yeah. Thank you, sir. Can I have another? And I don't think so. Well, you know, I mean, we've always thought I mean, ever since we had this, we had a Papandreou clip probably over a year ago when when I, I think I played it for you trying to make you guess where the guy was from. It was one of those things. And then it turns out the guy's like a Minnesotan. And uh, it's just like, it's too, it's almost ludicrous if you think about it. I uh, I do not put it past, uh, uh, past the Bernanke and the Fed and whoever else and... Merkel to be in collusion to screw the French. I'm not going to argue the point. So uh, apparently uh, he's uh, holding a speech right now. Screw Uh, the French. (laughs) The Italians are the ones that are going to take it in the shorts because they're next in line. Yeah, and everybody in the everybody's hated this Berlusconi character. I mean, at least Sarkozy's playing the game. Well. What is this doing to the markets? Uh, you correctly pointed out on on your uh, unplugged show that uh, you know if you knew you were going to say this, the first thing you do is is bet on the market on the downside. <laughs> That's like, and and call up Soros while you're at it. Hey George, hey George, you better bet against that euro. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let a bomb. I'm gonna stink bomb coming up, buddy. 
It'd be funny to find out who was short the euro. What oh, big big boys that yeah, is? Not we'll, we'll never know, find some out. Bonehead down the street. We'll never find out. Trying to find that clip of yours um, from Papandreou. I don't think I have it. it no, was, it's pretty old. Yeah, well, I have it somewhere, but it's uh, it hasn't shown up in the search. Anyway, I, uh, so I'm I'm thinking uh, we're definitely uh, we're definitely going. If there is a vote, it's going to be yes. Uh, go ahead. We we we'd like to take it up the butt one more time, and um, and uh, the end result will be uh, the, the French banks are going to be in deep deep crap. And Italy's going I, no, down the tube. No, I think it's the, it was the Italian banks first, and then the French, which puts puts pressure on the French to do something else. The French aren't going to take anything anywhere until the Italian Italy goes down. Oh, I thought the French were a little more unstable. They are, but they're but that's being covered up completely because it's so important that nothing happened to the French banks. Hmm. So it's going to take two. It's going to take more than just Greece going down before France has a problem. It's funny, though, because the propaganda is already all over the interwebs, because, of course, uh, the propaganda is, oh, you horrible man, you, you're ruining our beautiful European Union. It's so good. We need to have this fantastic uh, United States of Europe. And uh, and this is clearly German propaganda, this little uh, little cover song that popped up on the YouTubes. Of a land verging on bankruptcy Cause when the euro came they went out on a spending spree And still they're lending and spending and failing to reform And everybody's screaming come on fuck you Papandreou There's nothing like a good Falco cover you know <laughs> Come on fuck you Papandreou So why is that done in English if it, you know at all well, Falco uh, did all his tracks in English. He did them in German and in English as well. It's it's propaganda. Would yeah, you understand no. it? It's mostly for us. Would you have understood it if he said, Fick dir, Fick dir, No, of course not, but I didn't even hear it in the first place. I didn't, no, I wouldn't understand it in German. Oh, man. It's great, though. It's uh, their own little reality show, and it's fantastic. I love it. It's It's just it's extremely exciting to me to see all of this. And then it was like, oh, he's going to resign. No, I'm not going to resign. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's like they, somebody pointed out in one of the little discussions that there was a yeah, there's a bunch of hearings on this in Congress. And one of them pointed out that, you know, the fact of the matter is nobody. We brought this up on a clip last show or the show before where nobody is following the original Maastricht treaty right which says you can only you have to have a certain balance three, three, sheet three percent uh your debt cannot exceed three percent of gdp yeah and, the, and everyone has and nobody there's not one country said possibly germany that actually went no you know, that, no 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 the germans were the first to break the rule oh that's right that's right they even broke it <laughs> so then the everyone says well ones. they can do it we yeah. can do it only we can do it better oh man it's it's just fantastic so they can't even, you know, they can't. They set this thing up. They set up these rigid rules, and then they can't keep the rules. Wait a minute! Straight. Did you and say? Awesome. Did you say fact of the matter? I think you did. No, I did yeah. not. Uh -huh. I, don't, I don't know. I said the matter. Uh, I have like red lights now. They could. <laughs> no, I'm only doing it for you because I know I knew you hate to do it. No, no. I, and in fact, I, I, I don't like the buzzer. I'd rather have a bell. Uh -huh. But um, hey, did I, you? I do, when I get into a ba bad habit, I, I do like to have it broken, yeah. even through humi humiliation. <laughs> did you see? Uh, did you wind <laughs> up seeing the 
editor of the New York Times, Jill Abramson, on C-SPAN. Did you wind up watching um, that? No, I don't <laughs> think so. I watched the whole thing. Why? Because it's fun. And, you know, I, I wanted to sit on the speaker, like the old Howard Stern movie, and have her vibrate uh, against my rectum. And, uh, of course, the whole interview was nothing. There was one interesting little thing. Now, this is the new executive editor of the New York Times, the Ministry of Truth, who determines uh, uh, the, the direction of the story in the United States, I think, uh, is Right, and fair we've to determined argue. she's a Berkeley Hummer. You know, she didn't go to Berkeley. No, but she's a Berkeley Hummer. It's the only way to describe okay. these people. All right. So, so but, half of the interview was about her book, and the other half was her humming. Did you? Do you know she had a book out? No. How does she have time? Let me <laughs> look at me. This. <laughs> How does she have time to write a book if she's got this job? This job is not some slouch job. You can just wander in when you feel like it. The book is called The Puppy Diaries. Oh, right. This, <laughs> yeah, I know about this book. Not you mentioned it. She wrote a book about her puppy. Yeah, I think it was from the puppy's perspective. Uh, not sure. I ha- you know, darn it, I haven't read it yet. I, uh, I've got to put it on my, am- it my on Amazon, Amazon wish list. Sold out. Maybe I can get her on the big book show to talk about it. That would be fun. I'd be like, hey, how are you doing? Uh, but, of course, um, this is just whenever someone says, I know your viewers aren't going to believe this. Uh, that's pretty much a sign that people don't believe the crap that's coming out of your pie hole. Uh, last Sunday when we are recording this, there was a nice review on mm-hmm. your book in the Times Review section, um, written by Alexandra Styron, mm-hmm. who is, mm-hmm. I assume, Bill Styron's daughter. Daughter. And daughter. Has written a memoir. Uh, memoir. What's the politics of something like this? We see it all the time in the Times. You wrote a book for the Times Books. Here it is. You're the executive editor, and bingo, you get a big full page in the review. I, you know, it's it may be hard for your viewers to believe, but <laughs> I had no idea whether either the Sunday Book Review or the Daily Book Review was going to review the book until like pretty recently. I I knew before the reviews were published. How how are we supposed to believe that the executive editor of the New York Times didn't know? That the uh, book page was going to review her book favorably. <laughs> what kind of an editor is she? Yeah, really. <laughs> I know your viewers will find this hard to believe. <gasps> she is. Well, but- you know what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? What? I find it hard to believe. Yeah, me too. I find it very hard to believe. So I've been listening to these uh, uh, talk shows, and I'm noticing Fox is the worst for using the term "guess what." Oh, really? And uh, like everybody, is that it's become it's one of those things. Like the fact of the matter, uh-huh. it's one of those things that has got into the milieu, mm. and it's like everybody is doing it. It's like they, it's like you, because you know, you talk with somebody, you start to pick up their cadence, you, you right. some of their phrases, you'll start to use, and everybody in Fox is is peppering. Whatever, like within any like two paragraphs, there would be at least one guess what oh, right. in there, it, it, which is just a step away from what little kids say, which is, uh, you know, 
Yeah, well, you know. It's like it's <laughs> you know? basically guess what and you know what. Yeah. And um, you know what? Guess what? It's all you know, you know. You know. It's all very, you know, it's, you know. It's, it's, it's ghetto. Mm-hmm. Any clips of that? No, I don't have that. Okay, because there, there is another meme that is becoming extremely irritating, and that's we can't wait. This is uh, this is President Obama's administration's new phrase. We can't wait. We can't it's, wait. It sounds like it should be a commercial for a laxative. <laughs> well, he's using it quite uh, inappropriately, and I've deconstructed one of his we can't wait initiatives because when uh, the president says we can't wait, uh, that usually these days is followed by an executive order. Now, we've seen this with the housing uh, uh, refinancing. We've seen this with the student loan bailout, although you can wait until uh, after he's reelected, which is the whole point of that. Yeah, what a scam. And now it's about the so-called drug shortages. And I looked into this because, you know, executive orders are my thing anyway. I love reading them and trying to figure out what it means and why it's being put in there. So he does a signing of uh, this uh, executive order in his office. And you have to see the video. It's it's quite funny. And he's he's flanked by uh, Sibelius from uh, Health and Human Services by uh, the FDA administrator. I don't remember her name. Who has a horrible dress on with a big brooch. And then uh, on uh, on the outer edges, we've got one guy uh, who is a total shill, and I have him uh, a clip of him talking as well. Who works for IBM? He's a techno expert, and he's a cancer survivor who needs his uh, drugs, otherwise he will die. And then on the other side, there's a um, uh, a pharmacist who just can't seem to get the drugs on time. And the president is sitting there, and he has a piece of paper next to his blotter, which, you know, his, his, his writing blotter, and he's reading, literally reading what he's saying, keeps looking, it's like, it's like an impromptu teleprompter. And he keeps looking down, he doesn't even know these people's names, and he looks down, he's like reading, he's like, and then we have um, Jay Cotero over here. But listen to uh, the setup for We Can't Wait. Uh, sometimes we run out of or run low on certain types of drugs, uh, and that drives up prices, and it increases patient risk. Uh, Now, note he says sometimes we run out or run low. He's not saying national crisis, horrible cancer patients are dying because there's no drugs. He's saying, you know, sometimes it's like runs low. There seems to be some kind of problem here. I've got a couple of people here beside me who uh, have had to navigate this problem. Uh, Jay Katera knows what it's like. In August, uh, the center where he was receiving chemotherapy ran out of uh, the drug being used to treat his cancer. Uh, and when that happens, uh, you have pharmacy managers like uh, uh, Bonnie Frost. Yeah, he's like, like uh, what does it say there? Oh, Bonnie, Bonnie, oh, yeah. Uh, who have to scramble to make sure that their patients uh, can somehow find the life-saving medications that are necessary. So over the last five years, uh, the number of these drug shortages has nearly tripled. Uh, and even though the FDA has successfully prevented uh, an actual crisis, uh, this is one of those slow-rolling problems that could end up uh, resulting in uh, disaster. Now, very key here. He says this is one of these slow-rolling problems that could wind up being a disaster. So it's not really a disaster at this point in time. He's saying, you know, eh, this could be a problem, so we got to fix it, So, uh, which made me even more suspicious of an executive order. We continue. For uh, patients uh, and uh, health care facilities all across the country. Congress has been uh, 
trying since February to do something about this. Uh, it has not yet been able to get it done. Uh, and it is the belief uh, of this administration, as well as folks like Bonnie and Jay, that we can't wait. Okay, so we can't wait. And Congress has been doing something. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go figure out what has Congress been doing? What is the, What is this that we can't wait for that seems to be some kind of slow problem that needs a huge executive order? Let me just uh, play 20 seconds of uh, this guy who's uh, apparently his uh, clinic ran out of... Uh, his chemotherapy, and uh, he still seems to be uh, very much alive. But he, re- I mean, this guy is a hired gun. Again, in the particular case of cancer patients, uh, we can't wait because they can't wait for uh, the chemo cocktails. I mean, they That's one. need the drugs to be able to beat the cancer and to be able, in many cases, cure the cancer, and if not cure the cancer, hopefully prolong life in a good quality manner. So we can't wait for these drugs to be back <laughs> in high supply. So the guy is obviously very skilled at talking. I mean, this is not just some random dude. You know, he's a sales guy from IBM. Uh, I tried to look at his LinkedIn to see if he would, you know, maybe he was in the Watson sales department. I don't know. So I go look at this. Now, John, the the supply shortage is not, as uh, as this executive order alludes to, is not because of, uh, you know, companies not making it. All right. It's not like they're not they're not interested in making it. Let's understand two things in uh, the end of at the end of this month, 11 count them, 11 big name drugs go out of patent. So this is a big hit for the pharmaceutical industry. And of course, one of the the big ones is Lipitor, but that's that's not even that important. So this is a, a big hit. It's about the bottom line. Now, the president speaks specifically of five years ago. Is when uh, uh, is when these shortages started to happen. So what what were we looking at five years ago on this very show? We were looking at the big bonanza of the pharmaceutical companies and all of their year end reports and their you know what they present to analysts at J P Morgan at the medical conferences. Vaccines are the way to go. What is the problem with this shortage? And I'm reading from the FDA's very own document. The problem is. Because of the manufacturing of injectables, that is almost 80% of the problem. And the problem in the manufacturing of the injectables is not the medicine itself. It's um, with the injectables, uh, you know, with the, the process of creating uh, the um, containers. So it says here, manufacturing quality defects that produced. Uh, that pose risk to patients and public health. In general, inspection findings have been followed by shortages, have been serious in nature by glass shards, metal filings, and fungal or other contamination in injectable products that must be sterile and pure to be safe for patients. So the problem is with their injectable manufacturing process. And what Congress has been doing in February is trying to pass a bill that would put more people into the FDA to help move the manufacturing process along. What the FDA has now been given as a directive by the President of the United States by executive order is to use something called discretionary regulation, i.e., you know, be a little more flexible, guys. Just let the glass shard and everything through. Let the fungus in there. So Move it. Move it. And this is about vaccines. This is about getting the vaccines into the market quicker because it's all about the injectables. And five years ago is when they started this. This is not about about chemotherapy. This is about the man. A lot of chemotherapy is injectable. 
Well, no, of course it is. That's why they're connecting it to it. But the problem is is not as is implied. Is, oh, you know, the, they don't want to make it, or oh, you know, there's no there's not enough uh, approval process. Bull crap. This is about the manufacturing process. These guys are trying to get the vaccines to the market so quickly that just their their manufacturing sucks. We've got fun- fungal and glass shards and metal filings. I like the metal fire. <laughs> yeah. Hey, my arm itches. What happened? But it literally says, hey, what's my that? My brain is swelling. Why is that magnet sticking to my arm? <laughs> it literally states that, they're, that the FDA's directive is now to, to let it slide. To let it slide. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. It, it, was it a shocker to you? To, Get to the bottom of it. It was a shocker that I'm the only one getting to the bottom of it. Yeah, you would have thought. That is a shocker. You would have thought. What's that, wrong with this? What's wrong with the public media? Someone besides no, a that's disc exactly jockey. what it is. I mean, it makes nothing but sense. We know how this operates. Obama does what the pharmaceutical companies tell him to do. I mean, I have a clip from this. Uh, uh, Democracy Now had this woman on who did uh, a book called Deadly Monopoly, which goes after the uh, pharmaceutical companies. Uh, for being just a bunch of douchebags. And th- there was a, two or three little tidbits in there. She was on way too long. There's one of those long interviews that Democracy Now! does when they, they don't feel like actually covering any news. Mm-hmm. So they do a whole show, you oh, know, Charlie right. Rose-style right. show. Right. And uh, I don't know if I have any good clip here that would really be appropriate, but there's a couple of things they, they, uh, they've allowed, like this, this new law that was passed recently on orphan drugs, where this is a, there's a little... Uh, a little tidbit on here, but let me explain it. Orphan drug law came about because there's uh, there's some old compounds that go back to the turn of the century, eighteen hundred, and uh, and they they they're still manufactured, but they're made by manufacturing pharmacies. You know, there's a lot of pharmacies that can still take raw materials and grind up you know the stuff in a mortar and then put it in a pill and give it to you. Uh-huh. Well, it turns out that they've changed. They've decided that. On some of these, uh, some of these so-called orphan drugs, which are drugs that aren't really in manu, they're not being manufactured anymore. They have to be individually made. Uh, that they'll allow uh, a drug company to to repatent them from scratch. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then pull the plug. And the, the example she uses is one uh, that I guess is some simple thing for women to have trouble delivering babies or something. And there's just simple drug that they take. It costs like. Thirty dollars for the entire, uh, uh, to you know, for a whole week of it. If you if you make it by hand, but they, they repatented it. Now they won't let the three hundred make it by. <laughs> now it's three hundred dollars. Thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's not even close. Are you sure it's not thirty three thousand? Just to throw it in our face. It may actually might have. There's something like that. But why don't you play this clip? This one is old uh, patent on old products. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. The Orphan Drug Act, that's what I found fascinating. A private corporation, KB Pharmaceuticals, um, got FBA approval to test it and to patent it. Now, now this, you know... Explain what the Orphan Drug Act is. The Orphan Drug Act was intended to um, give incentive to corporations to test and patent uh, and market drugs that for diseases that affected less than 200,000 people. They normally wouldn't be profitable enough for a company to be interested, but the FDA said, um, under this act, we'll give you seven years of patent exclusivity so that you can make some money, and also you'll be addressing a need um, by a minority of Americans. Sounds really great. It is really great, actually, on the surface, but this kind of use I find really um, unfortunate. 
So KV Pharmaceuticals used that act to patent the Kena. Now it sells the exact same drug, 17P, but it doesn't cost $30. It costs $30,000 for a course of the drug. <laughs> so it raised the price very high. And um, it not only it then to went a step further, it sent letters to the compounding pharmacies warning them they had to stop making the drug because KV held the patent. And if they kept making the cheap version of the drug, the FDA would shut them down. Yeah. Uh, well, there's another thing that goes along with this, and that's also a part of this, uh, of what they call enforcement discretion, is uh, the way it's described in this document from the FDA. There's also approximately 400 UDIs, and UDIs are drugs that essentially the FDA has not approved. They've done no testing on, but they uh, carefully weigh the overall benefits versus the risks. So they're not actually testing the stuff. They're just saying, yeah, you know, we think that's going to be okay. 400. According to this book, this woman says thalidomide's been reintroduced into the market. And uh, there's a whole bunch. I mean, wasn't the FDA put together to protect protect us? The the public. Against metal filings. To protect the drug companies? (laughs) We need more metal filings. This is good. It's not a problem. It's just a metal filing. What's your problem with that? So the MRI may be a little weird. You know, your arm will fly against the side of the wall. Coing. <laughs> it's yeah. So um, Congress, I, I believe, has actually been. Uh, you know, of course, everyone's co-opted and bought by the pharmaceuticals. So they've been trying to figure out uh, how do we help these guys. And the president just swoops in, says, "Hey, you know what? Uh, let these guys go. Come on, you know, we've got to ease the ma- use some discretionary enforcement so that you know we can get these vaccines in and we'll get some cancer drugs." And yeah. uh, hey, darling, how you doing? Another disgusting huh? story. Hold on a second. You okay? Can I? Can we talk later? You okay? Yeah. All right. Did you get any metal filings? No. Uh, hey, we're doing a show here. Yeah, but well, she uh, she had a, a thing. I had to talk to her about that. I'm sorry. Could have put it off. <laughs> I mean, the show. We could have put the show off. Yeah, we could have halted the entire show. Anyway, hey, aren't you leaving like after the uh, show? No, no, no. This next week. Oh, I thought it was this week. Yeah, no, next week. Although I did, I did want to discuss something with you and our listeners. Oh, by the way, I'm looking at my notes, and it's Fox is saying, "You know what? Not guess what? Oh, you, you know what? Oh, you know what? 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 Hey, you know what, John? You know what? You know what? You know what? So tomorrow we leave for San Francisco. We do our annual uh, hosting for oh, this right, right, benefit thing for for kids. And uh, here's what I'd like to to we suggest: have to do the show from the hotel. Well, I'd like to suggest we do the show Monday morning because you know I I look at the the amount of work that goes into stuff and like I, why would we do a subpar show just to have it? You know, sure there's a thousand people so that I've listen. Been asking all these years. <laughs> why would why would we? <laughs> Right on cue. Would it be okay to do it Monday morning so that, you know, so I'm really prepared and not just like it? Because last, last so you year. you back at the home studio? Yeah. So you'll be leaving. Uh, so in other words, instead of doing the show on Sunday. We do it Monday morning. You'll leave on Sunday and get back home. Yeah. And work on the show and then we do it Monday morning. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's fine with me. Because you remember last year we did it from there and it was like, it was one of the most horrible shows and the connectivity <laughs> sucked and. 
Yeah, I couldn't do the research because you know it's like a big gala event. It's, you know, it's 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 yeah, tiring. Yeah, no, I think Monday morning's fine. I think most people can put up with that. Okay, you know, I, I, we've shifted the show we many a time. Yeah, well, we've done pretty well recently, and you've you've gone above and beyond. But I know the infrastructure in these hotels in San Francisco sucks so bad. I mean, you were in Brazil; you had a studio. You know, I don't have a studio, and I certainly don't want to come to your place. But more importantly, uh, I want to be able to do the work. Yeah, no, I think Monday morning's fine. I like I I'm more for these changes than you are. Okay? It's settled. And this concludes our meeting. Done. Did we get any help from anyone today? Yeah, we did. We got a uh, some people picked up the ball and uh, let's name we have uh, uh, three executive producers and an associate. And we'll list them off. James Howard in Indiana. In, in, <laughs> I've had trouble with a couple of words recently. I'm, it's concerning me. Mm. Indianapolis, <laughs> Indiana. Maybe it's a metal. Maybe a metal filing somewhere in your bloodstream. <laughs> in the morning, gentlemen. John didn't believe it was me when I sent a check. So what the hell? I'll donate again. I want right. that ring, mofo. Shoot me some karma. Oh, I, I'm trying to find his actual. Email. You've got karma. I definitely needed to balance out the contribution I'm making to the evil empire of PayPal. I don't know uh, it can it, it, it can match the karma of 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, but I thought 369 was a pretty good number. Please put my credit on show 369. Well, <laughs> okay. So yeah, we'll try we'll, to do that. We'll go back. No, I can do it. Uh, Months from now. <laughs> it's kind of hard to rebake it into everyone's MP3 file, but all right. And remember to note the karmic potentials we get closer. Hail the foot. Uh, Dirk Maudro uh, from Jundalup, uh, Western Australia. It appears ever since I asked you for karma, the share market has been going my way. <laughs> Down? Irrespective to John's shorts. <laughs> referring when he says my shorts, he's not talking about my underwear. No. Politicians are douchebags. Mr. Vodka is my friend tonight. So in the morning, to the USA, to the USA may the Greeks accept what is given, so they may might have to retire at 60. Jez, we do at 65, it stinks. I think he's been I, on the vodka. I think, the, I think the vodka kicked in. He wrote this note. <laughs> he's like, I'm just reading it the way he's written it. This is actually so, a very good precedent. I suggest so everyone. I sell <laughs> shares with a profit, so please some karma for the world or me. Give him some karma. <laughs> I love this. You've got karma. I think love every show will keep up the good work and throw a lobster on the barbecue and camp mofo. None of that shrimp crap. <laughs> I think it's good that people get drunk before donating. This is a very good idea. <laughs> so three fifty four thirty three. Thanks, James. And then buried down here, we have a, a Stephen von Pelsmacher uh, from uh, uh, Belgium, the owner of Belgium, actually. Oh, the Baron, 330, yeah. Three three six three three a palindrome, which is a reflection of. By the way, this is palindrome week. That's right. So we have eleven. 311, for example, from Robert Diggle, we'll mention later, but but Pelsmacher's got uh, a, a kind of a tripled up palindrome of 11211 uh, one, for, <laughs> for the date of November 2nd, but he's tripled it to make it 33633. Three, three. Love that. And there's a bunch of palindromes coming our way. There's 11411, uh, 11511, and these palindromes continue. And the last palindrome we're going to be able to see, I believe, is going to be... Uh, 12-21. 12-21-12. 12-21-12. Uh, 
12, 21. That could be. Yeah. And uh, there's a bu- there's a few of them, but we'll I think I'll put them uh, we'll isolate them and put them in a note. So it is to- nice to see that, and we'll be talking about them later. A lot of people went for the eleven eleven karma for eleven one eleven, which was uh, two days ago Monday. So that that that's a, that's a big karma day, and I think uh, and I appreciate the help on that. That's fantastic. And so uh, meanwhile, we have one more associate executive producer, Gene Naftuliev. From Frisco, Texas, John mentioned that karma expires after one week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I just based that on the USC football game, and I and we were studying this, by the way. And I still yeah. need some being unemployed, so I'm sending in another donation. I've enjoyed shaking my head in disagreement with JCD since the Mac user days in the '80s when he had the back page column, and he's uh, donated another palindrome twenty two 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 hundred two oh two. Wow. So it's Palindrome Day here on the No Agenda Show. That's right, everybody. Palindrome. Palindrome Week. Palindrome Month. We want to thank these uh, executive producers and uh, everyone else who's obviously contributed. We'll talk about later in the show. Uh, and remind everyone to go to noagendashow.com, dvorak.org, slash NA, channeldvorak.com, slash NA. And Channel Dvorak's RSS fees were screwed up. They seem to be fixed. Oh. So you can check that out. Also, uh, uh, noagendanation.com where you can uh, click the donation button or buy a slave T-shirt. And I was very galled, by the way. I was watching the BBC, and they were on uh, in New York at the, one of the, you know, the, the protest things. And somebody was standing there yakking away at the, at the, at the, at the correspondent with the whole, doing the stand-up, wearing a Democracy Now! T-shirt. Oh, really? And I just said, oh, well, look oh, at this. Man. What is wrong with you? Know, why come we don't have something like that going yeah. on? Uh, the slave thing. In this. So next time you're really hammered, you're like, hey, I like it, vodka. Uh, <laughs> this, remember this. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Dvorak.org slash N-A. I got to send something to those guys. <laughs> it, it might work, John. I'm and let me write a note. <laughs> let, me, let me explain. Let me explain why. <laughs> We have a couple of PR initiatives uh, worth mentioning. Raymond from um, Gitmo Nation uh, Lowlands has uh, registered a number of uh, uh, domain names that are forwarding to noagendanation.com. He has against the new world order.com by uh, this is Dutch biometrischpasport.nl. This is the new biometric passport that is uh, being cranked up around Gitmo Nation Europe. So now when you want to have information about the biometric passport, in your own home country of the lowlands, you'll wind up at uh, noagendanation.com, and you'll probably go, hey, that's interesting. Uh, codexfree.com, codexfreefood.com, and velnews.nl, which means this is news.nl. So we appreciate those forwards, Raymond. Uh, this is a kind of a, a simple one, but very effective. Don'ttasemedrone.com, subdue.me. BeatTheDrone.com, which uh, should be a new game show. BeatTheDrone.com. And uh, one of our producers, uh, John, has been all over this uh, brewing scandal, which I think uh, will come to the forefront hopefully pretty soon. AbsoluteFuelsLLC.com. This is uh, a company that was raided recently. I think it's in, like, I don't know if it's Ohio or someplace like that. And uh, apparently the guy was, uh, you know, scammed $40 million of carbon credits from the government by pretending to make biofuel. 
And he had a Rolls Royce and a Ferrari and a jet and all kinds of great stuff. And the name of the company is Absolute Fuels LLC. So if this does come to the forefront, this is great. So then we're ready and people will start Googling about Absolute Fuels LLC and uh, they'll show up uh, and they'll say, hey, what is this? That's interesting. The No Agenda Roku channel, which is now in the official uh, Roku channel guide, as of yesterday, has 3,000 installs. I thought that was pretty good. That's not bad, considering it's pretty obscure. Yeah, it's a re- I thought it was a reasonably obscure device, but yeah, there you go. And uh, Well, Roku is the favorite of the, of the nerds. Yeah. And it has uh, not only all back episodes with the album art, but you can also listen to the stream live. And then finally, uh, this is probably uh, the best one for... How does that work? What? I mean, how do you... I have to go look at it. I can't figure out what how What do you mean, how does it, it work? Well, I mean, it's just not... Just, it's, how, you they, installed how, do make, it? how do they make it work? I mean, do you click on something and you get a big list of all the back... Uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Back shows with the yeah, art it has, part, it, and you can click on something else and you get the live. Yeah, so it, huh. it's no, it's really nice. You you first have you, you, have you played with it? Do yeah, you have a yeah, I did. I was even on the beta. Are you kidding me? Yeah, so you, first you install it from the channel guide. You just search for No Agenda, uh, or you go to online radio. It's right in there. It's not a huge list that they have. You click on that, it installs it, and then you go into it. It has like two thousand. So yeah, it has archive shows, two thousand eleven or two thousand ten. It goes back, and you click on that, and then you have icons of every every single piece of album art you click on that it goes in you see a full screen and it says play and then it plays or if you go back to the top menu you can play the live stream it's great all it needs is a bat signal that your roku just starts yelling at you That'll what's nice. the uh, where's the uh back catalog stored oh it's just pulling from the rss feed dude oh it's pulling from the from the yeah me. it's okay. pulling from our servers yeah oh okay yeah it's cool. It, it's it's so it costs us money actually. It's, it's a great system. <laughs> uh, finally, thanks to Steve Thompson for registering Rick DrunkRickPerry dot com, which I think is uh, very appropriate. Did you see that? Did you see Rick Perry? Yeah, I, we blogged it. Actually, we have a copy of that that clip. Everyone was on it. It seemed like he was looped. Yeah. He In was, fact, John Stewart had the best line. He says, "You know, this is obviously you see one of two the Rick Perrys. He's either hammered." Or he's not, but they couldn't figure out whether this was him being hammered or yeah, I, whether it was him when he's really serious and fumbling. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he was hammered. Seems like he was having a good time. Yeah. But it doesn't seem it didn't look like an alcohol hammering. I think, I think he's like on, on, like the, on, the, on the ganja or something. There. <laughs> no, it didn't look like he was on ganja. I'm an expert. I'm reliably informed. Not on the ganja. No, I, th- I think he was just a little... He, well, he wasn't really slurring. You're right. Maybe it was like Adderall or something. Bennies. <laughs> anyway, thank you all very much for uh, for your contributions to the No Agenda Show. Uh, tomorrow, of course, we'll find out if we truly are the best podcast in the universe, according to the podcast awards, for which there is no award if we win, which is kind of sad. But uh, there is bragging rights. Yeah, that's true. And of course, you can always go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. Let's see. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, 
I got a couple of offbeat things. Let's play yeah, play. rock and roll, baby, rock and roll. So I'm watch, watching the C. I'm watching the C-spans and this and the. BBC Hold on one second. Hold that. on one second. It's what we do, so you don't have to. C-span. Just got to remind everybody: it's what we do, so you don't have to. So there was a little. Uh, there's this guy in the BBC. <laughs> go right from the C-span to the BBC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the G20, I don't know if you saw the G20 rollout. They got the G20 happening. They're, they're in, in Cannes. They're, Cannes. They're living places. it up. Let's go to the most expensive place in the world yeah. and live it up. Well, you know why? That's so that uh, everyone can park their yacht. It's handy. Yeah, park it's your yacht and they've got a nice <laughs> airport. Yeah, they do. And the food is great and the hotels are expensive. It's a little chilly this time of year. There's no beach babes. And, uh, but there's so lots of hookers the, there. Kind of a red carpet. Kind Did of. You see this? Yeah, kind of. They have a red yeah. carpet. <laughs> and they had the place where you stop and have your photos taken by Sarkozy, move over here. Sarkozy, yeah. Sarkozy, look over here. Look, look, yeah. look, look. <laughs> Nicola, Nicola. <laughs> and so they're shooting pictures like crazy. And uh, the guy stands there like, like a, you know, well, who are these people kidding? Why don't they just go into the meeting and do your meeting already? Meeting. What is this? This, this these photo op- ops? Well, because the they're the elites. They love it. They get off on it. They, they all think they, they're they, in show business. They get out of the yes. big limo and they stand there and pose. Show business for ugly people. So anyway, they love it. This this is, this is a, just this is a key point, John. It's a key point that they have the red carpet, the velvet rope in front of the red carpet because you know don't pass across that. And uh, all they need is they need a. Uh, you know, when they stand in front of the the, the 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 photo op, it should be like advertising in the background. You know, whoever right. sponsors like Rolex. G- well, yeah. It's kind of advertising. It should, G20. It should say Rolex and, uh, you know, stuff like yeah, right. Bent- that. Bentley. A bunch of pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. <laughs> Pfizer. <laughs> Pfizer. So, right. uh, they, so the guy's going on analyzing. Some guy named Dan Price out of Chicago is, uh, who follows the economics of these things. And he's he, he drops this little bomb, which I thought was... What is the, this is going to be a topic of conversation. Why? On China, uh, with respect to yuan appreciation. The last bucket, and this is a very important topic, deals with food security. Mm. Put on the agenda, rightly, by President Sarkozy. It deals with uh, measures that can be taken to address volatility of commodity prices and shortage of supplies. Up for discussion, a prohibition on export restraints on foodstuffs as well as measures to increase the transparency of the food stocks of producing nations. Oh, well, that's uh, obviously a message. It's like, shut up, slaves, or we're going to take your food away. I guess. Yeah, that's I what mean, it is. It's like, what is this? Well, this is this is partially Codex Alimentarius, obviously. Food security, that's what the whole Codex is about. But, uh, oh, yeah, this to me is like, uh, shut up. Shut up, or we're going to take your food away. You got to grow your own if you want to eat. Oh yeah, the G twenty thing. There's a there's not enough coming. Although um, on EU dot int, uh, Haiku Herman has his own page, the president's page, and he has videos. And he's got a team that just adores the man. And they put up videos of him walking the red carpet. There's not a word is said. It's called you know like. Uh, you know, what is the name of the video? It's like, uh, you know, the vibe, you know, here's the, here's what the vibe was like when the president arrived and he's just walking up and taking pictures. Complete egomaniac. (laughs) What a character. Oh, it's, it's, uh, 
It really is. So I guess is Bill amazing. Gates is going to speak at this thing about something or other. And of course. He's a, he's a part of the elite, and he's he's probably got a, a nice boat, if not a nice plane. Well, he's got a G5. Yeah. No, it's just a uh, bunch of elitist pricks hanging out, telling you all what's going to happen. Shut up. This is how I do it. This is how we roll. You got nothing to say. Huh? It's part, it's part of how it goes, right? It's part of the cycle. Yeah, well, one of these days, you know, there's something bad's going to happen in one of these things, and we'll see what happens uh, after that. Well, speaking of elites, then, let's do a couple of uh, elite clips. Um, Paul Volcker was on Charlie Rose. Uh, Paul Volcker, former chairman of the Federal Reserve, and um, was also on Obama's uh, economic advisory board for a while. I don't think he's on there anymore. It was kind of interesting his body language, I'm not quite sure what it says, but he was leaning so far to the left that he was almost at a uh, at a 90-degree angle when he was talking. <laughs> I love what, that. What does that mean? I mean, why? He, literally, like, all the way to the, almost perpendicular to the table. What does that mean? Was what? there anybody sitting next to him? No. No one was next to him. It was just him so and Charlie Rose. he was just Rose. straight across from Rose leaning. Yeah. Not leaning, like falling over. He had to put his arm under his head. To keep his head from falling off his shoulders, I guess. Because at a 90-degree angle, it was really weird. And, huh. and I don't know what it means. I don't know what that means. I, uh, I was looking at some body language stuff over the uh, last week to figure out a couple of <laughs> chat signals. Room, chat room says he was trying to fart. Okay, I'll buy that. I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy but that. See, this is why I don't go to the chat room. These people oh, Charlie, hold on. But I caught something which is very, very subtle. I caught him literally laughing about the slaves and about, you know, the the big money wealth transfer. I, maybe I'm wrong, but to me it came across as really like they're like, yeah, yeah. There is underway in this country, in this city, uh, and around the world, this developing protest. Uh, what do you make of it? What do you... Well, I make of it that people are unhappy. Uh, the protest itself doesn't seem to be totally coherent, but there is a feeling, which I've been a little surprised has not been expressed more forcibly before, of the distribution of income, mm -hmm. which has changed very radically in the last 10 or 15 years. And you have a situation in the United States where there's been almost no growth in real income for the average family for 10 or 15 years, but way at the upper end of the income distribution, there's been an enormous increase. Kind didn't take place in my lifetime or even in your lifetime. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> we, did, we didn't get all that money. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems almost unbelievable when you look at the charts. The only thing that came close to it is 1928, 1929. Oh, this has been brought up. This is a meme. Right, but then he laughs about look it. Look at the charts. What happened in 1930? <laughs> 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 when we screwed everybody. <laughs> Yeah, it is a meme, but it it was kind of evil of him to laugh about it. Am I <laughs> off center on that? It just felt like, uh, wow, really? Well, if he's leaning over that far, God <laughs> he knows was what's going on. Maybe he had some metal filings in his vaccine. Who knows? And then Condi Rice is out there uh, promoting her book, which I definitely want to read. Because, you know, this is going to be the Ministry of Truth. And the only thing the, the news media talks about is how Gaddafi wanted to bone her. 
It's like, oh, Gaddafi, tell me about that. <laughs> tell me about how Gaddafi made a music John video. John Stewart did the same thing. Yeah, because that's all people talk about. And she was on the John Stewart show, and they cut out like 10 minutes of the interview. And it's like, he does that thing all the time. He puts in the dumb jokes, and then the rest of the interview, you have to go back to the web. And he'll sit there really apologetically like, sorry, you know. Uh. It's like, fuck you, Stewart. Sorry. Yeah, you could do a tight interview and get it over with yeah. instead of this bull crap yeah. trying to guide people to the web. I find it offensive. Uh, me too. And the interviews, and why did they, he's done this a number of times now. It's always with some important person as though he's being told to put them on. He does, he, normally the way the show's structured, he does one comedy segment at the beginning. Then he does a second segment that may or may not involve in, uh, one of the other guys. One yeah, of the one of the other actors, yeah. And then they, they go, that's a longer segment. And then they go to the interview, which is usually about five, six minutes. But then once in a while they do the, the comedy segment at the beginning, and then the interview starts and it goes on for the twenty minutes of the show. Yeah, but not when it's someone. And who then might... they cut out chunks of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So and that, it's boring. It's very it's boring and it's uh, it's yeah it's insulting to the viewer. Uh, so uh, the clip I have here is from Condi Rice on uh, what's the ABC show? Uh, I don't know Nightline, I think. And George uh, Stephanopoulos is interviewing her. And she she comes out with this amazing story, um, which I was like, wow, really? It was October 2001. President Bush had just arrived in China for a summit meeting. We were in Shanghai, actually, when uh, the vice president came on the screen and said that the White House detectors had detected botulinum toxin, and we were all those of us who exposed were going to die. He said that? Yes, he said that. Can you imagine Cheney coming on the video screen? You're going to die. <laughs> hey, you've got botulism, snotulism, you're going to die. And I remember everybody just sort of freezing and the president saying, what was that? What was that? <laughs> what? What? What was that? Including the president? Including the president, because the exposure time uh, would have meant that we were all exposed. Rice's deputies said they'd run tests, but that would take 24 hours. He said, let me put it this way. If the mice are feet up, we're toast. If the mice are feet down, we're fine. <laughs> That's how they tested. If the mice are feet up, you're toast. And if the mice are feet down, you're fine. That that's our government. So wait, wait let me <laughs> just get this right. Work. Here's how it works. Cheney is like, ah, I'm in the bunker, but you're gonna die. But if the mice are feet up, you're, you're toast. The mice are feet down, you're okay. Well, wait a second. For 24 hours, we didn't know if the president had been poisoned. For 24 hours, we were in Shanghai. We did not know the result of those tests. Uh, about uh, noon the next day at a lunch in in China, I got to him on the phone. He said, the mice are feet down. <laughs> I went back to the president and I said, um, the mice are feet down. <laughs> How does that work? Can you, like, test someone? Even though we have to, like, put the mouse, were there, like, mice running around the White House? And they, if they die, <laughs> then what is that? Further elaboration. It does. It does. It really does. And and maybe... Who How were they exposed to botulism in the first place? Was that answered? No. And of course not. That would be like interesting. But how um, and did did this put the entire delegation uh, on the wrong foot while Cheney was doing stuff back home? Yeah, that would be my I first question. I would think question. it would be disturbing. If I'm like in negotiations with someone or talking to somebody, having these kinds of meetings, and somebody told me this. <laughs> You're going to die. 
screw me up. Yeah, if you're in China trying to do something, yeah, I I I think we'd probably be like, well, first of all, I'd be like, bring on the hookers. I'm going to live it up before I go. But second of all, waiting yeah, for no, the this doesn't this is not uh, this is a this is not needs more elaboration. The the mice were feet down. Really, it sounds like you know that Cheney guy. <laughs> The guys are walking. I mean, it's ridiculous. He's, you know, this. He's a zombie for one thing, which bothers me. Oh, when did I put in the red book that you said it was going to be vampires, and I said no, zombies is the meme. That this, you said that pre-red book. Oh, is it pre-red book? So that's how long ago it was. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Okay, so just this week alone, BBC reports. Traces of bone-eating zombie worms have been found in a three million-year-old fossil from Italy. <laughs> then we have uh, the exercise in, this is Ohio. Uh, they did a zombie outbreak exercise. <sighs> um, hold on a second, I should bring that story up. But then NPR jumps on the bandwagon, and this is, this has me actually mildly concerned. Tomorrow night, vampires and witches and ghouls will roam America's neighborhoods, and I, for one, am hoping they will behave when they arrive to my house. But anyway, in the midst of all the Halloween revelry, there is actually the possibility that you might run into zombies, real ones. Sabri (laughs) Benisher, a report. This is your national treasure. Hey, just so you know, you might run into real zombies. For a member station, WAMU here in Washington explains. A few months ago, something terrible happened to millions of flies around Washington, D.C., We were getting literally hundreds of reports of these crazy dead flies everywhere on vegetation, on signposts. Mike Raup is an entomologist at the University of Maryland. He says the flies were attacked by a fungus, a mind-controlling fungus. (laughs) Does it get any better than this? A mind-controlling fungus, and it's in Washington, D.C.? Not kidding. It basically (laughs) zombieizes them. It manipulates their behavior. The fly moves to a high point, let's say the tip of a blade of grass, the terminal of a leaf. Then the fly freezes up and the fungus spews more mind-controlling spores into the wind. (laughs) Now, does any of this sound familiar? You see, their young enter through the ears. What are you saying? I got one of those parasites in me? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But forget Hollywood, okay? Here's a horror film for you. It's actually playing on a laptop in front of my grout. Yeah. All right, so this goes on and on. But they're actually reporting on zombie worms. I mean, this, it's not funny anymore, okay? The CDC has, like, been a big joke, and it keeps on going. Of course, it's all to promote Walking Dead, which, uh, you know, I follow it, and I watch it with the kids because they think it's hilarious. It's it's really bad. It's horribly produced. The acting is sub-subpar. It's just a piece of crap. But it has this cult following. So I'm sure in a way to promote AMC like anyone would care about that channel. But it's not okay anymore. Stop joking about zombies. Now we have zombie flies with mind-controlling worms in them. Really? Fungus. Yeah. Mind-controlling fungus. And in Washington? Hello? What's this? Yeah, almost a, some sort of a metaphor. Well, so, you know, a metaphor or maybe they've been infected. I don't know. I You know, I'm worried about this kind of jokery. And now it's on our national treasure. Yeah, well, the national treasure stinks. Yeah, that's true. 
All right. Well, let's see what else we got. I got a, uh, uh, let's see here. This, this uh, Trump. <laughs> oh, boy. This idiot Trump is back in the news because he did, you know, he's defending uh, Herman Cain and he's making a big stink about it. He, he's doing his, he, so he shows up on Greta Van Susteren. Now, I want to see if you can find a theme here. That's Gretchen to you. Gretchen. <laughs> Thumbstrom. Uh He's on there with his classic Trump blather, but he seems to have a, have a, a literally a beef if you play Trump one. 2011, 2012, 2013, and significantly increased its unemployment rate forecast. Both uh, grim news. Wow. Um, wow well, you know right. I'm not surprised because I've been on your show for years now, and I've been saying you cannot create a strong economy if China and other countries continuously China. take your jobs, make your products, manipulate their currencies, and do all of the things they're doing, and then we hold dinners at the White House, state dinners at the White House for the president of China. So I'm not surprised at all. I've been telling you this is going to happen. The news came out today, and I think it's, a, I think it's an absolute disaster for this country. Hmm. So he goes on, he says, and I'm telling you, he says, it sounds like it says state dinners, but he's saying steak. <laughs> so he says, we're, they're having dinners, and then he stops himself. He says, they're having dinners. They're having steak dinners. Wait a minute. <laughs> Is that is that in this clip that I missed that? Yeah, you play the very end. You hear these dinners. You say steak dinners. You listen carefully. Uh, hold on 2011, a second. Me, uh, 2012. Tw- hold on, I got it. It has to queue up again. <laughs> I want to listen to the steak dinner. Hold on. Well, uh, sounds like a little like steak, but I'm telling you, it's steak. Yeah, for some reason I can't shuttle forward. Maybe if I uh, oh here it is. Hold on a second. <laughs> steak. Stupid Donald Trump. What a douchebag. Hold on. So I'm not surprised at all. I've been telling you. No, it's back. For, it's before that, right? No, it's after that. Oh. Doing. And then we hold dinners at the White House. State dinners at the White House. <laughs> steak dinners. That's what he said, right? <laughs> yeah, steak dinners. Yeah, he said so steak. So I'm thinking, what is this guy? He's hung up on steak dinners. Another five or ten minutes go by, and then he, pl- he played Trump, too. He, he brings it up again. The other element is OPEC. Every time a little bit of good news is mentioned, they raise the price of oil, and that, you know, oil is actually more important, in my opinion, than interest rates. They raise the price price of oil, and it's just like sucking the blood out of this country. And nobody does anything about it except hold state dinners for these people (laughs) and drop down and kiss their ring. I think he needs some steak. He's like hungry. Give the boys some steak. <laughs> now, what kind of dinner does he want them to have? A steak they dinner. Have a steak? Do they want spaghetti and meatballs? You bring over the Saudi guy. You say, "Hey, we're gonna get. We got a spaghetti dinner." <laughs> I mean, what do they want? Is a steak dinner, or did he get invited once and he ended up with chicken? And he's still irked about it. I don't know. <laughs> but he's got he's got some preoccupation with steak dinners. I can't believe you watched that. That's almost as bad as the Kardashians. I could I get to be honest about it, I'm I'm like everyone else. I'm just for some reason Donald Trump amuses me to no end. So Libya has a new prime minister. Uh did a little bit of research into him. His name is uh Abdurrahim El Kib. And this, and this is always tough when you want to Google these guys because you can spell his last name L-E-L-K-E-I-B or E-L-K-I-B or A-L- It's like, ugh. They hate it. They hate Google. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do not have Google-friendly names. 
And uh, so, of course, you know, the. Uh, and by the way, this guy's not elected. He was put in place by the last jabroni, who was uh, Jaja Jabril, uh, educated in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, was it Penn State? Um, and so this guy is like, oh, he's great. He's an academic. Uh, by the way, spent decades in the United States teaching at Alabama University. So another shill. But he, they're, they're trying to present him as uh, he's an electrical engineer. You know, this is this is a an academic, a smart guy. What they don't mention, what they don't mention, is uh, he also. <laughs> Worked at the Petroleum Institute in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> uh, sponsored by BP, Total, Japan Oil Development Company, and the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company. He was the professor and chairman of the Petroleum Institute. Really? And they, they leave that out. Yeah, and that's not in the Associated Press. It's nowhere. Nowhere is that mentioned. And this guy is now the new prime minister. Yeah, of sales. <laughs> I mean, please, don't be so insulting to me. It's, you know, it, it, yeah, it took me a little, you know, how, maybe, the, maybe the people at the news are just like, they, you know, well, let's try and Google him. It's too hard to spell his name. I can't find uh, his bio. His wiki page doesn't mention that either, by the way. And then, of course, we have to go and enjoy the spoils. So the... Uh, the, uh, the the president of the uh, of parliament in the Gitmo Nation, United States of Europe, Buzek, went over there to Libya and uh, was talking up a storm, and he had a very important message. Buzek, whose post is largely ceremonial, later met with Libyan Prime Minister Mahmoud Jibril. He also highlighted MEPs' fears for the post-Gaddafi era. The fate of prisoners of war. War. Uh, should be determined uh, in accordance with international law. <laughs> By the way, that's how we have to pronounce it from now. Law. Law. It's not law, it's law. <laughs> what is that? Law. Yeah. International law. Obey the law. <laughs> obey the law, you sleep. Sounds like uh, Peter Sellers doing a French it does, guy. It does, it does. Now, here's the, the pertinent point. Another thing is uh, how to disarm uh, thousands of people. <laughs> Now, let me tell you something about uh, uh, culture. Everybody in Libya has a gun. You know, now, and, and there's a good reason for it. Now they're going to go and disarm them. We have to put them into law, and we must uh, disarm them. Wow. Good night, Libya. Good luck with disarming the Libyans. <laughs> yeah. Or the Iraqis or any of those. Low. Eastern we, we can just impose international law on them. That should work. Low. Bah, humbug. Uh, then uh, we just move over one little bit to Syria. More proof of the techno experts. Just a beautiful piece uh, explaining exactly what uh, Lucifer Clinton has done in that country to date, which really explains why there are riots, because we're in there riling everybody creating up. Riots. Creating riots. A law student tells me many female demonstrators are raped by security forces. Oh, here we go again. Viagra. No, the whole thing, the setup is the same. It's the same thing. It's exact same script, only it ain't working. Journalism student shows me the laptop he uses to transmit videos. He works with a team of 10 other videographers who record demonstrations with cameras hidden in their clothing. 
and they are always aware that their videos could be used against them. He says, we deliberately film crowds from a distance so individuals can't be recognized or arrested. Yeah, because they're all CIA shills. Activists say they also use encryption software provided by the U.S. State Department that yeah. prevents the Syrian government from tracking the video's source. Uh-huh. After the student sends his videos, he immediately erases the hard drive. <laughs> Why? Hold on a second. I, I saw this report. I didn't clip it. I yeah, should it's have. bull crap is what Couple it is. Couple things. First of all, how does encryption have anything to do with where you, you know, tracing... Uh, the location of a send. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. Nothing. Well, and what is the point of erasing the hard disk, which, by the way, you can always, uh, you can recover most yeah. of those erased hard disks if you don't, unless you destroy the hard disk. Right. What is the point of that? Well, this Why is, the, well, the thing, the thing is, this is internet. This is bogus is what it is. This is internet in a suitcase. So, because, of course, the location is, it's, the location is known because it's going through the internet in a suitcase that the State Department has given them. So the encryption is only if someone else happens to say, hey, wait a minute, what's this Wi-Fi signal here? And they tap into it. You know, they don't want people, like, reading what they're doing. But this is, this is the United States State Department meddling in affairs and riling people up. And they're filming it from a distance. Yeah, so, it, you know, so it looks bad. And you can't recognize people's faces. This is it's really disgusting. That this is so taking we have, place. We have the uh, so NBC has this new show with Brian Williams called The Rock or you know Worldwide Wrestling Federation. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's a new uh, sixty minutes clone, mm-hmm. and it's on once a week during the week. And they so they decide to do this bullcrap report that is filmed like the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> Of these two guys who are decide to correspond on it and his buddy that decides are going to go sneak into Syria. Oh, with the, right. With a camera crew uh-huh. <laughs> and through the back door, through all kinds of different surreptitious methods, re, uh, somehow through Kurdistan or I'm not, not there, but somewhere through uh, Turkey or some through the mountains. I don't know. Some some dubious route through a barbed wire fence and the whole thing. But play play like this is what what. This is what passes for the report. Play uh, NBC does Blair Witch clip for starters. Americans will likely be accused of spying. This is the part where we are the most exposed. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm going to make one of these. I can do this. (laughs) It's open land all around us. Uh. We've stopped in this tiny little ditch waiting for the sign that we can go forward. A car is supposed to be waiting for us on the Syrian side. We are now inside Syria <sighs> and just waiting by the side of the road for our contact to pick us up. It's a terrible wait. Obvious foreigners by a roadside. Boners. Finally, our contacts arrive. <laughs> they take us to a safe house in a small Syrian city. It's a brothel in a basement apartment. <laughs> Full of beer bottles, mattresses, and hookers, and a mirrored bed. <laughs> Home for the next three days. <laughs> Wait a minute. These guys, they had a great time. 
So okay, here's the deal. So so these guys these these guys sneak in and they do a Blair Witch project as though it's about them, not about they. They by the way, they're constantly showing B roll that these guys didn't yeah. shoot. No, they no, they never left the whorehouse. Yeah, of course not. And they, and they interviewed like two guys, like they could have interviewed over the internet. I uh -huh. mean, it's it play bullshit too, which is the second the second part of this. Mass arrests. In our Syrian safe house, I speak with Juan Youssef, a human rights lawyer. He lives in hiding and asks we not show his face. He says, I'd like to say to the American people, the same way you like freedom and democracy and to live in security, we are not different. We are human beings. Human resources, you mean? So, so they interview this guy. Who they name? They name his yeah, name. I know. But he won't show his face, hola, hola, which hola. is bogus. <laughs> and, and so then they sneak back out of the country. They didn't do anything. They it's, did a Blair Witch Project bullcrap. This could have been shot in Hayward. This is for great. All we know. I gotta make me one of these. Yeah, and you go, and they're always panting when they're. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, that's how you got to do it. Right, right, right. Exposed right now. Did they have like the they flashlight or the, or the green light, the like the the night vision shot uh, shining up in their face? They have no, that? they should have done that. They I left that. It. it was during uh -huh. day. I could so do this. And the drones could be seeing us. Okay, let's do this. Okay, over there. We know the car. The car's waiting on the other side. It's really. It's dark. It looks kind of dangerous. John. 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 Help me. They've got me. <laughs> so we just set that to video and we're done. Oh, my it's God. It's just like. I'm uh, lightheaded now was, from hyperventilating. It was the lamest thing I've ever seen. And the nerve they had to actually present it as some sort of a report from inside Syria. You know, you can get inside Syria. This is like, and they, and they didn't do anything once they got there. They went from one safe house to another, stayed in a whorehouse, interviewed two people. That was it. Two different boneheads that they couldn't show their faces, <laughs> and then they shot back across the border. This is what garbage. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me see if I have it here. All right. We're here at the... I'm overmodulating. John, this is really dangerous. I have no idea what could happen. We're just here and... We could do yeah, that. That's yeah. pretty weird. I'm surprised they didn't get that in. <laughs> yeah. Well, they should. They they could have gotten the clip from uh, search.nashownotes.com. It's right in there. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so the, I guess Brian they, Williams are... Yeah, well, we know he's a douche. So I guess they're just trying to push this Syria thing. Now the Arab League has come out and said, hey... It's still not been given the green light by the no, New York Times. No, no, So that's, it can't go yet until the Hummer has said Syria has to go. Now there is uh, something in the New York Times that was reported on. Uh, the scam of Home for the Holidays, which I'm worried about now that we have... Um, because I'm running out of time on my prediction. Now that we have uh, We Can't Wait, they seem to have dropped Home for the Holidays. 
Well, the whole home for the holidays thing appears to be a giant scam. Go figure. Well, you know, it's a fascinating report because you remember last week, Craig, when the president suddenly appeared in the briefing room one afternoon and he said, we are going to be, we be withdrawing all of our troops from Iraq by the end of that this year. Now, in some sense, that wasn't a surprise because the president had been mentioning that time and time again, even at fundraisers. It was an applause line. He said, we're moving all of our troops out of Iraq. I pledge to do that by the end of 2011. I'm going to accomplish that. Well, what was new was there was negotiations with the Iraqi government to leave sort of a residual force. Uh, some 5,000 was one number mentioned. Other people mentioned, mentioned 10,000 to try to hold Iraqi society together while the army there and defense forces within Iraq are able to stand up on its feet. And even Iraqi generals are quoted as this morning as saying that could be years away. And also to keep the influence of Iran at bay, the huge country next to Iraq. Iraq has already, of course, fought a war with that country within the last 20 years or so. Now we're talking about an over-the-horizon force. Uh, As reported in the New York Times, more troops in neighboring Kuwait, of course, just to the south of Iraq, and uh, working with the Gulf Cooperation Council. This this is a consortium, sort of a group uh, within the Persian Gulf. It includes Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Qatar, uh, the United Arab Arab Emirates, to try to come together to position forces around Iraq while not in Iraq, to try to keep that country together, try to hold off the influence of Iran within Iraq once American troops leave, Craig. So, if I understand correctly, we're not actually bringing the troops home, well, maybe for the holidays, but then we'd like, we're going to put them on ships outside of Iraq. <laughs> hey, what a scam. And has the New York Times kind turned? Has, has, yeah. Well, it's been home to a lot of our troops for two, three years, if not longer. Has the New York Times turned on uh, King Obama? Have they turned? I don't know. I mean, they, uh, they, you have to remember, the New York Times is a functionary of the CIA. Duh. So uh, we, whatever goes on with the New York Times, I mean, you have to remember that uh, was it Gates or whoever, you know, they didn't want to do a bunch of stuff that Obama wanted to do, and the, they kind of reluctantly went along. Right. And uh, the Times kind of followed suit, but it seems as though the time is in rebellion here, or they've been... Their marching orders do not seem to be matching Obama's no, or, or, no. or Hillary's, actually. She's no. the one who's calling the shots in this Middle Eastern oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's the one stirring up crap in Syria. And and the BBC is on, on, on board because we've heard reports that they're really pushing the Syrian yep. agenda. And, but the New York Times has done nothing. They, in fact, I'm looking at today's paper. There is nothing in here about Syria. Which says to me that they're it's still no, no, holding back. Yeah, it's on not this time event. yet. It's not time. So there's got to be something going on between the agency and the White House that is not uh, that we don't know what it is. But it's they're not they're not buying into this. Also in the New York Times, uh, you know what I think it might be. I think everybody wants to see how really wants to see how the Libyan Egyptian thing actually shakes how out. it shakes out yeah because you know they got the al-qaeda flag this is big right-wing news yeah. the al-qaeda flags flying yeah. over you know some compound in in uh in syria <laughs> well that's or, I'm just sorry, in libya that's just the cia flag upside down isn't it <laughs> al-qaeda flag please <laughs> what, what does al-qaeda have a flag <laughs> running down the road with their flag what did they have a flag they didn't I, have a flag I, until just what last week i think they have bumper stickers too it's the al-qaeda flag they got they got a website um so uh, new york times had an interesting of course they're angry and i like it um the title of this making a pbs show and its ads too 
And this is a report about uh, a show. It's a four-week documentary called America in Primetime. And uh, now PBS is public broadcast. Is it system or system or service? System, right? System. System. Yeah. So this is supposed to be, uh, uh, it's nonprofit and it is uh, underwriter supported. Uh, and of course, by people like you. So they want you to give their money to them to keep these important programs on the air. Uh, so this uh, four-week documentary series is underwritten by Unilever's Dove brand, who are paying for the program. Soap. What, soap. So what's interesting is that PBS has also made the underwriting commercials. And this is a big, a big change. This is... Now it's really, really, really blatant. And this happens all the time uh, on commercial television. But now they, so the makers of the documentary have also created the spots for the underwriter, which of course is not advertising. And what they say is, so in this documentary, uh, they want to make a clear distinction between the underwriting spots and the series itself. So in the program, when they're interviewing someone, the interviewees talk directly into the camera, but they wanted to make sure, quote, we didn't want there to be any confusion, said Mr. Yellen, this douchebag from PBS. So uh, when they're showing the spots, the executives are shot from the side. So it's very clear that, <laughs> that it's not part of the program. This is unbelievable. They have a nonprofit status. They're begging you for their money, and they're just putting on ads that they're even making themselves. They got their own production facility. You know, we know how to do it best. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll take care of that. And uh, yeah, They're probably getting annoyed by the fact that some of their big contributors, the individuals saying, hey, um, you know, you guys run the news hour and then you run a Chevron ad. That's the same Chevron ad they run on ABC. Yeah, let's let's do something different. Can so you that, do something? Yeah. Why are they running an, it's an advertisement? Why am I giving you money if you're going to run ads that they run on ABC, which is true, by the way. It's the same ad, that Chevron ad with that dent, did it, that little music. They yeah, play yeah, yeah it's, exa it's the same one. Absolutely. It's the exact same ad. And so they're, so PBS has probably said, okay, all right, we're going to have this put the production team together. We got plenty of money. Let's put a production group together, hire some of the top ad executives, and we'll do these ads ourselves so they're separate from the ads they run on network TV so, so we can still get our, our, our suckers that, you know, that don't notice this, uh, viewers like you to help us uh, make even more money. They make, you know, they it's close to a billion dollars. I mean, it's like ridiculous. I'm, they still haven't, uh, I'm, I always look at the year-end reports. Neither NPR or PBS have released their 2010 numbers, nor has the Clinton Foundation. I'm waiting hundreds for... And, hundreds of millions of hundreds dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds of yeah. millions. Yeah. We get like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, a couple of grand. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, how come, uh, how come it failed? Well, that sucks. Well, that's really weird. What your cue? Yeah, of course. I mean, I said we, we worked our way up to the. Uh, I set, I set the whole, I set the whole thing up, and then and then it doesn't roll. Let me see. Why is it? Uh, what? Oh, I see the problem. I'm sorry. Hold on, my mistake. That was my mistake. Let's try it again, and we'll make it sound better. I'll edit this. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Ha, ha. In the 
That was my dumb Slightly mistake. Slightly over-modulated. Well, for you, maybe. Before we start with our list, I have a couple of um, uh, extra karma mentions that I just want to run through. Now, did you receive a really big box, John? No, I did not receive a really big box. Because I remember one of our producers uh, a couple weeks ago said, hey, can I have an address to send something? Uh, I got something for you guys. And I replied, uh, "Did you, re- you probably don't reply to that stuff, do you? No. I reply all the time. I, I'm yeah. constantly doing email all day. Well, maybe it's at the post office box. So we got this box that has to be, oh, my goodness. It has to be. Oh, I did. There was a little notice, but there was a line was a mile long at the oh, post office box. Now, this box is like four feet long, uh, a foot and a half wide, and probably almost a foot deep. And it's from uh, healthysurprise.com. Uh, in the morning, John and Adam, I want you to enjoy these vegan, gluten-free, natural, organic, high-quality food snacks as a token of my appreciation for what you guys do every week, twice a week. I've listened to every episode all over the world, the most exciting time being during my successful summit attempt of Kilimanjaro. To be honest, at 18,000 feet, hearing some of the, quote, news just added to my altitude sickness induced nausea, so I switched to music. The amount of work you put into the show really is incredible. There's no analog which provides the depth and analysis of what you guys do and that it's wrapped in humor and wit is a bonus. Who else watches C-SPAN and then does the analysis to connect the dots in a comprehensive framework and doesn't wrap it in fear and corporate shillage? When I think about the value and enjoyment you create for me and that you create for thousands upon thousands of listeners, I can only feel that something is profoundly wrong with that you two are not profiting immensely from this. You should be rewarded for what you create, value for value. What more does any other entertainer do for five weeks consistently? Show me that football player. Perhaps people need to learn to be trained on this new model of compensating the creators directly instead of through an intermediary, maybe a transitional disintermediate model. I think I have a couple of ideas for initiatives. Both of you inspired me. I don't know if it's a good thing, but I even base my pricing, so I guess this is his company, off your magic numbers. How else have you subconsciously influenced me? Love you guys in the morning. So this box is filled with, I mean, it's, it's got to be expensive. Snacks? Snacks. But like, the <laughs> I kind of. get my box of snacks. Nikki was jumping up and down because it's the kind of stuff she loves. You know, like an oat bar. <laughs> oh, I've got to run to the post office because I've been craving an oat bar. <laughs> I have to say, I had the oat bar and I liked it. It was okay. I'm like, you know, it was given with love. So, no, I actually do eat those kinds of things occasionally. Uh, when you're hungry, you know, you'll pretty much uh, eat an oat bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, uh, that unless you have a horse, you can <laughs> <eat> an oat <laughs> bar. Let's see. Do I have a horse I can eat? No, crap. I'll just take the oat bar. Uh, HealthySurprise.com. Thank you very much. That's a, that was a beautiful uh, donation. Uh, then we have my sister, Willow, uh, who came in with uh, $100, but she sent a note, and I wanted to handle this. She said, this is a, uh, I'm donating $100, and she lives in Italy. So uh, pretty soon she'll... Might as well get, that out of, get the money out of the country. <laughs> get it out quick. Uh, I deeply believe in the No Agenda Karma model, even more so because it's for a project that was conceived on this show with a discussion about the meaning of the word jabroni. As Adam knows, over the months, it has morphed into the pre-production of an independent feature comedy fil- film called Frank Jabroni, Public Enemy Number 9. <laughs> this is true. She and her husband is uh, 
He's a pretty well-known uh, producer and uh, director and actor in Italy. And if you don't work for Berlusconi, you pretty much are broke. Uh, as Adam knows, over the months, it is, oh, I said that, right? The karma is for finding donors, sponsors, underwriters, advertisers. Call it what, whatever you like. Uh, I know you want to send us blankets and water. Just send us your cash. And uh, so she has uh, frankjabroni.com. And, uh, and so they're looking for uh, a return on the karma to get this uh, movie financed. And actually, they've set it up nicely. It's a 501c3 tax-deductible donation. There's my sister for you going all the way. So uh, we'll give a little karma for Frank Jabroni. You've got karma. And, uh, yeah, go to our list. And we have a few others. Do you have any more to read from? I do. You want me to do them now before we get to the list? Yeah, do them and I get okay. to do the rest of them. Uh, I want to thank you so much. Uh, this was, uh, I think we missed, we, uh, this was misunderstood. Uh, we had a 7777 donation last week. Uh, this turns out to be the gambler's donation number. And that needed to be made uh, clear that uh, if you want gambling karma, $77.77 is apparently the number you need to do. This was nice. Uh, Good day, John and Adam. Uh, That's from uh, Christopher Shu. I'm writing you today to inform you that your challenge coins are not just beautiful collector's items, but are also a conduit for karma. Last weekend, I was invited to a poker game. I used the challenge coin as a card holder to secure my cards during play. It made a great discussion piece during offhands, but when all is said and done, I ended the night with $38. If I remove my $5 entry fee, it netted $33. The next day, I had the coin in my pocket as I watched my beloved Green Bay Packers take on the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers game, uh, the Packers won the game 33 to 27 or 33 to 3 uh, times 3 times 3. This is proof to me that the no agenda karma works. <laughs> proof. And the coins Proof positive. Here it is. The coins harness and focus the karma energy. I plan to boy, buy more challenge coins in the near future uh, to give as gifts to family members for Christmas to spread the no agenda karma. So this is very interesting that they are a conduit of karma. That's pretty cool. And then finally, Dave from No Agenda Entertainment. Uh, these guys put up uh, all the videos and everything. Do a great job. Of uh, maintaining all the fun yeah, stuff no we put on entertainment.com yeah. good site. Uh, Adam and John, the good karma was waved in my direction during the late summer, and now I have a great full-time job as an e-commerce manager. Even better, it's for a San Francisco-based company called Growers Secret, which makes high-quality organic gardening nutrients so gardeners and farmers get bigger yields, like the anti-Monsanto. So karma is is a good thing. You know, we we can't promise it, but. There it is. I I haven't gotten a lot of, hey, man, the karma sucked. <laughs> haven't gotten a lot of those. I think we had one once. Once, yeah. So let's thank a few other people, including Claudia Gerber out of Lisbon, Ohio, for $150, and Tom Schwartzkopf from Moody Air Force Base in Georgia, $133. Jan Persil in Hamburg. Deutschland. Oh, oh Hanover, Hamburg, uh, Deutschland. Yeah, Hamburg. This yeah. is H-A. In the morning, John and Adam, thanks for the awesome shows. The drone show alone is worth the money. In addition to my $11.11 <laughs> subscription, here's a super karma donation. Uh, $111.11 plus 11.11 plus 1.11 plus 0.11 plus 0.1 <laughs> equals 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Woo! That is... In the morning. Beautiful. 
and Who uh, knew? which also equals three dollars and thirty-three euros pre-meltdown. <laughs> that is knighthood. I might be slow, but you cannot hide. Please send me some karma for potentially tough times ahead. And hey, Werner, where is your donation? You don't want to be called out as a douchebag, do you? Douchebag. Keep up the great work, guys. And little karma. You've got karma. Wow. Yeah. Hey, that, that's uh, is that really Yon. true, Jan? If you really count all those numbers up. 111.11 plus 11.11 plus 1.11 plus dot .11 plus dot .1. Yeah, wow. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Yeah, that's I like funny. I, I like the numbers. Yeah, cool. I like the way people think. Bert Bev is Beavs. Bev's. Bev's. Beavs. Beavs. Think Beavs. Uh, Maplewood, Minnesota, uh, 113.60. Please give a birthday karma shout-out from... Uh, the slaves in Minnesota just getting by. Yeah, we'll we have that. that coming up. Yeah. Robert Diggle in Mosley somewhere. I don't know where that is. One thirteen eleven. Harvey Lee Federal Way, Washington. One twelve eleven. We got a, and we have IT Ninja in Mount Prospect, Illinois. One twelve. Please don't mention my name. We didn't refer to me as IT Ninja. I love No Agenda, the best podcast in the universe. Can I get a karma call, which is spelled with a K, by the way, for a new job as IT Ninja? And he says, sometimes you remind me of Freedom Radio back in East Europe in the 80s. Yeah, we're about that old, I guess. You've got karma. This is Freedom Radio, the sound of Eastern Europe. So we got a, um, uh, in the mail, we got a hundred, we're going to do our, we have a bunch of people with $111.11, including one Bob Holmes, who writes, please deduce my wife, Teresa, and I as long-term listening deadbeats. You want so he needs a deducing and a karma. Okay. Are we ready? Combo. Are you ready for the combo? Yeah. Hit it. Okay. You've been deduced. You've got karma. He says, "I got uh, threw in a little milf." I saw that a freebie. A little <laughs> bit of karma wouldn't suck. He says, "In the, dispre- the depressing economy, uh-huh. uh, emphasis yeah. on the word con." A yeah. plug for our URL: HolmesRealEstate.com. H O L M E S would allow me to write this off and take a tax write off for the and a loss for the year. So oh. that's an interesting idea. So he's going to he, because we mentioned Holmes Real Estate and on his check on the little note. <laughs> he said it put ad, which I <laughs> okay, okay. He Whatever. snuck it in on us. Huh. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Gardner Ave- Avenue, Maryland, one hundred eleven dollars eleven cents. Andrew Seuss. Uh, I guess it's Seuss S O O S in Melton South. Maybe Soos. Soos. Could be Soos. Soos. As in so say. Uh, $111.11. I'm a 1-11-11 subscriber from Down Under and appreciate the value of your service. I'm interested in the situation in Europe and caught myself thinking, what will John and Adam's take be on this referendum? Thanks for the call out to read A Brave New World. I'm working on it. It's really a one-day read. Yeah, Brian Swearingen. 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 Mm, West Columbia, South Carolina, $111.11. Brian Barrow. Uh, in Wooten, Bassett, Wiltshire. Wooten, Bassett. Wooten. $111.11 says, Hi, John and Adam. Please give me a douchebag call out for not donating more than I've donated. Oh, okay. douchebag. You really want it. that. Yeah. I'm inching toward my knighthood, but I thought I'd better make a donation because there are too many of us boners out here listening and not coughing up. 
Please keep up the good work. We'll try. Communication 2020, Seattle, Washington, $111.11. Joe Cool Design, Sir Joe Cool Design to you, Princeton, Ontario, one eleven eleven. In the morning, I was surprised with my $1,011.11 knighthood payment stopped after 10 payments until I did the math, of course. Yes, they turn off when you... Yeah. you people who did the one eleven eleven uh knighthood, uh, a specific knighthood layaway, it turns it off after you get to the... after 10 of them. I've already attained knighthood, but I thought I'd pop top my one eleven 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 eleven. Listen with to another that. Listen to that. Listen to that. To, it's a freaking Apache. Oh, over your house? Yeah. They're trying to get you before you leave. <laughs> to make it an even 11 payments of 11. Well, this is a good idea. He wanted to make an even 11 of payments of 11, 11, 11 uh, with 11, 11, 11 on 1, 11, 1, 11. Wow. Nice. I just finished designing a logo for the fellow knight who found me through the show, Sir Patrick Coble. I thought this uh, donation and the slave T-shirt I just bought would be a good use of the PayPal funds I made working for the NA Darknet. Yeah. I've also special thirty three thirty three slash hour price for Knights of No Agenda who need graphic design work at joecooldesign.com. dot com. All right, nice. There's a write off. Yeah. Sir John Schumann, Madison, Wisconsin, one eleven 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 one for the money, two for, two the, for show. the show. Sir Keith Edwards, Gilbert, Arizona, one eleven eleven, and Maxwell Fry, Brooklyn, New York, or Frey, Frey. Yeah, it'd be Frey. Could be Frey. Could be Frey. Well, like Glenn Frey. One eleven, eleven, eleven. Glenn Fry, uh, Raphael Figueroa in Miami, Florida. One eleven, eleven, eleven. Gentlemen, greetings from Gitmo Nation, Little Havana. Thank you uh, for a very entertaining and informative show. After hearing Dvorak on Twitter, I had to check out the show. Well, there we go. It took a while, but I get it now. Right on. Here's my donation in honor of eleven, 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 one eleven, or one eleven, eleven for the other Gitmo Nations. I expect. This is the first of many. I wonder if you can share some karma with me. I seek promotional work. I'm up against strong competition, but I have faith in the power of the show. And always have faith in the power of the karma. You've got karma. Always. Always, always believe the karma. And then Willow, we read her note. She came in with $100. Ken Doosling uh, du- du- in Stittsville, Ontario, $99.99. Best podcast in the universe. Please, you son of a bitches are the best damn podcast in the multiverse. <laughs> That's Texas speak, partner. Hell yeah. And I get a birthday shout out to my son. We've got him listed. Yep. Ben's girlfriend, Christy, turns 23 today. A shot of karma for her as her contract winds up this month and she's seeking renewal. John, Adam, keep up the excellent work and give her some karma. Yes, absolutely. You've got karma. He actually says, my dynamic and drone worthy duo. Yeah, we're drone worthy. Yeah. Roman Andrusco and Bradford, Ontario, ninety nine ninety nine. Niner, 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 niner. Oh, that's what the deal is, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't do it on, for Ken. Oh, niner, 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 niner. Yeah. Uh, Gregory Davis, Lawton, Oklahoma, sixty dollars. Hey, John and Adam, regular donor. Uh, Greg Davis from the Social Blend podcast here. Uh, thanks as always for such an awesome show. I'm originally from Gitmo Nation down under and currently working towards moving back home to Perth yeah, at some point in 2012. I know you guys have mentioned in the past I'd like you to visit Perth. I'm requesting two shots of karma, one for me. To, we do a double at once. Uh, helping my work start heading home and two for all of us and hope you can both get down under. Yeah, we're definitely going to get down under. Next year. You've got karma. Why, is Mimi in town? 
A check? No, she's up north. <laughs> Christopher Gray, fifty-five, fifty-five, came in as a check uh, from Parts Unknown. Uh, Robert Dird- Durden uh, from Hoboken, uh, fifty dollars. Uh, also, Joseph Weisenfarth at Eagle Point, Oregon, fifty-five, fifty-five, is a little financial karma to this unemployed slave. Give him a little karma. Absolutely, unemployed human resource. Here you go. You've got karma. <laughs> Christopher uh, Caroga in Kingwood, Texas, 55 double nickels on the dime. Thanks for the most awesome podcast in the universe. Excuse me for being a douchebag for the last year and a half listening to the show. If I could please be de-douched, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, You've been de-douched. And he wants to call it his cousin Oscar, who turned me on to no agenda as a douchebag. Douchebag. Shannon Baker in Sacramento, California, double knickers on the dime, nickels. I consider myself to be a driver, not a trucker. I doubt any truckers where I work can figure out how a podcast works, but in response to the call out, I figured I'd need to just send some cash. I, th- I think that's, uh, that's not true. I think truckers are very, uh, very aware. Well, or driver. Driver? Shannon. Hey, driver, how's it looking up there? Driver? Thank you both for the entertainment. Feel free to send back some karma. Yeah, of course. We have Hey, driver, coming at you. Some karma, driver. You've got karma. That's uh, CB speak, John. Bruce Featherstone in Walworth, Wisconsin, 5509 in the morning. Double nickels on the niner. Niner. For you. <laughs> for you, everybody. I've been a douchebag for so long that I've been accustomed to it. No de-douching is necessary, but I need massive amounts of karma for an interview I have on Friday for a great job after just getting by for so long. I need this job. You've got karma. Also, plug nasocial.net, a social network for knights, producers, and douchebags alike. nasocial.net, at least it's not Facebook. Yeah, it works. It's got, I'm on there. You are? You are? Yeah, nasocial.net. It's kind of cool. Sir Samuel, Sir Samuel von der Plunk in Charbeck. 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 Bake. The donation store is the knighthood of Rhino the Beardless. <laughs> the Bearded. <laughs> All right. It says the Beardless. Okay. Well, we got more. a bunch of $50 donations from Andrew Haverson in Gravenhurst, Ontario. Uh, Chad Biederman or Biderman in Round Lake, Illinois. Uh, Christopher Lawton in Dartmouth, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Greg uh, Brunsell in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, Mark Vaught. In Somerset, Kentucky, and Michael Ashford in St. Petersburg, Florida. Also $50 from Peggy Shimp, new listener in Ponica, or Ponca, Ponca, Ponca. Ponca City. Ponca City, uh, Oklahoma in the morning. John and Adam, thank you so much for your show. I'm making this donation on behalf of my son, Ryan, who's celebrating his birthday. We have that listed. Also, could he get some karma for the flu he's been dealing with? Yes, well, at least he didn't get a flu shot. So here's some karma for that. You've got... Karma. I was noticing, uh, I was reading some uh, some tweets, and I ran into the fact that there's a bunch of people with the flu, which it seems a little premature, it's before the flu season, but people have flu all over the country. You know what, Christina told me that she was walking through uh, CVS, and uh, of course she's very aware about this stuff, and she says they've got this, and I couldn't find a copy of it anywhere, I guess I have to go there and record it. They've got this really horrible subliminal flu commercial that they play over and over at the CVS that, like, makes you want to go and get your shot. 
So if anyone can record one of those at the CVS, I'd love to hear it. CBS Network? CVS. Oh, the CVS. Charlie Charlie Victor Sierra. Right, the drugstore. They got food. They have a CVS down uh, on Solano Avenue in uh, Albany. Well, go go down there and wait and record it. I might, because they have a big sign out front. Oh, yeah. Flu shots. Flu, flu free. Shots. Free flu shots, yeah. No, they got a big campaign going right now. It's just, uh, anyway, don't get it. And <laughs> finally, Quinterox in Bradenton, Florida, 50 bucks says, uh, Hey, guys, I was going to save this donation for Christmas time, but I figured you were in need for it now with last week's donation, yes. which were incredibly low. Mm-hmm. I wish I could donate more, but having a wife and kids at home, living on one salary and just getting by makes it difficult. I graduated as a programmer last spring with an associate degree, and I have had a rough time getting a job since I lack a bachelor's and work experience in the field. Would you please arm me with some karma for my search? Oh, yeah, here it comes. This is really going to work. Karma. You've got karma. Also, he wants to douchebag Mike at work for being a boner. Oh, yeah. Douchebag. Come on, Mike. Uh, Cesar Quinteros is our uh, our boy. All right. So that'll be our donations for this week's uh, show. Good uh, list. Good or, list. Nice. Yeah, it was nice a good notes. list. Good well, list. I appreciate everybody for picking up the slack. Yeah. Uh, go to Dvorak.org slash NA, slash NA channel, Dvorak.com slash NA no agenda show.com and noagendanation.com. And uh, if you happen to be drinking vodka and you're drunk and you're thinking uh, Dvorak.org slash N-A That's what you're going to hear on your mind. You're going to like, hey, I got I to gotta write a note to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bert Beeves uh, says, happy birthday to Jay, uh, celebrating today. So that's from B to J. <laughs> Ken Doosling, uh, happy birthday to uh, his son, Ben's girlfriend, Christy Belford. She turns 23 today as well. Ira Shrimp says, uh, shimp, I should say. Happy birthday to her son, Ryan, celebrating today as well. Anonymous, uh, happy birthday to my husband, Nick. His birthday is on the 5th, this coming Saturday. To my darling Nick, I love you very much from Fee. I would guess F.I. would be Fee. And Rick Dolishny congratulates himself. Turns 44 November 5th. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Gunpowder, treason, and plot. Happy birthday to all of you from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And uh, we have one nighting today. Good. That's very nice. Let me, uh, whoa. My goodness, there's a lot going on out here today. Uh, that'll be different, hopefully, in a week's time from now. Can you describe your uh, your blade for a second? Yeah, here. Thank you. Okay. James Howard, step forward, sword, and kneel before the council. Extend your ring finger as we hereby proudly bring you into an exclusive club, a club of people who have donated to the No Agenda show, the biggest and greatest podcast in the universe, in excess of $1,000, thereby... Crowning thee, Sir James Howard, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Come on over, James. We got your hookers and blow, your booze and hot pants, and your rent boys and Chardonnay right here. And your ring will be on its way shortly. We ordered them, right? The new rings? Yeah. That was pain- now in the channel, and we'll be getting a new ring shortly. Yeah, that was a painful uh, bill. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. these things are expensive. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, I would say 
that uh, looking at the And by the way, I want to mention the process itself is expensive. You know, every time Eric tries to send a ring into any of the Commonwealth countries, England, Canada, Australia, half the time they get stolen by the post office. Oh, really? Oh, that sucks. Really? The postal service steals it? Really? Well, there's something that just disappears in the mess. Uh, Australia is particularly bad. How's our uh, slave t-shirts in North Korea? Have those been sent yet? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't asked. Well, I'll when they get out. them, we need we need pictures of them in front of Kim Jong Il. Uh... Yeah, they're gonna better be wearing a V mask or something. <laughs> I'm telling you. Ah, <laughs> uh, I would say, John, looking at the uh, clock, it is uh... time once again to play. Win, lose, or drone. That's right. We're bringing the drones to the home kit. If you love playing it on television, you can do it now at your very own real estate office. It's time to play. In these tough economic times, or tough times rather, homeowners are pulling out all the stops to sell. And for some, that means calling in the drones. Calling in the drones. Juan Fernandez shows us how the same technology helping America's troops win wars is now being used to market local real estate. (laughs) They are one of the most effective tools being used by the military today. Drones, unmanned aircraft that can get in and out of tough spaces without ever being detected. Now, a helicopter drone is being used to sell pricey real estate here in Southern California. The man behind the controls is photographer Daniel Garati. I love it. It's time to bring in the drones. Get everyone conditioned to the drones. Drones are good. You love the drones. Hollywood has been using those helicopter uh, cameras for a long time. That's what all this is, but yeah. It's definitely a meme. That's the beauty. It's nothing new, but we have to convince people that it's all great. Get your drone on, baby. Get your drone on. Get your freak on. Get your drone on. Yeah, well, we'll all find out how great these drones are. Bah, Michael Moore was at uh, Occupy Wall Street, uh, Portland. You, how can you say his name without playing the douchebag clip? Well, of course I can. Douchebag. And uh, <laughs> this will give you an idea of what's happened to Occupy Wall Street. So he's up there, and he's and he's he's now the celebrity, and he's got two guys, skinheads, protecting him, which is very frightening. Like you know, like the buzz, really buzz cut, crew cut, like with green jackets. Nazis. What? Nazis. Yeah, they look like Nazis. Yeah, they probably are. And the guy filming this is pretty funny. He's like, uh, "Hey, how about you give up some of your money, douchebag, with your fifty million? And of course, Moore doesn't answer. What happens is the guy follows him after Michael Moore is done, and he keeps yelling at him, and then the crowd turns on the guy, <laughs> and they start calling him a douchebag, which is really, it's like, here's a guy who's part of the 1%, he won't answer, and then they call him a douchebag. Well, listen to this. What he just said was that the richest 400, we know about them, right? Yep. They have more wealth than 150 million Americans combined. Four hundred people, and this man Thomas is requesting, and I think it's a very simple request. Would each of these four hundred just give back a million dollars? And by the way, what is that going to help? Four hundred million dollars? Yeah, that's like one day. It's going to not even buy one one bomb. Yeah, one day. Great, Michael Moore. Of your 50 million. I have a million of your 50 million. 
love this. How about a million of your 50 million? They spend that on lunch. Oh, they spend that on lunch. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, I spend a million dollars on lunch. That's very funny, you idiot. So, um, but listen, I know they, um, I, I, I. All right, now he, he's walking away. you done. Thank you. Thank you, Portland. I'll be I here all week. Thank I, you. Yeah, I rock. I'm funny. It's my stand-up. I'm awesome. Love me. Now listen to the back. Make way for him. Make way for Michael Moore. Make way. And the Nazis are pushing everybody out of the way. Michael. How much your own 50 million are you going to donate to Occupy PDX? You don't want to answer that? Aren't you part of the 1%? Aren't you part of the world? Listen to what they're saying to this guy, though. It's pretty amazing. They're getting really angry at him. Make way for the one percent. Fifty million dollar Michael Moore. Here he comes. Make way for the one percent. Hey, Michael, you're flying the corporate jet back? <laughs> huh? Your own private jet? Who are you? Who's paying 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 you, man? Who's paying you? Who's paying you? Who's paying you? So much for free speech. The guy's surrounded by an angry mob. We're calling out Michael Moore. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. Oh, go home, people. That's pretty pathetic. Yeah, go home. It's, That's a good clip. That's clip of the day. Really? I think so. It's just, it's it's sad. It's a sad clip. Well, the guys, it, you know, doing what they tend to do in these big groups is you, you harass the bullcrapper who comes in to plug his book and make himself a big man, even though he is part of the, he is the 1%, and 50 million, totally, probably yeah, with more. Yeah. And he, he speaks up and, and, and blasts the guy like you would do in one of these things. And then he gets shouted yeah, at. Yeah, as the instigator. Who's paying you? It's just pathetic. Clip of the day. Thank you for bestowing the award upon me. It's very kind of you. So I got a couple of interesting. There, you know, there's meme fest that's going on. I have to say, this is one of the funniest ads I've seen for a long time. Uh, and you have to imagine that I have to be. It's a black and white ad. It, 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 unfortunately, I believe it to be part of a uh, ongoing uh, slamming. Of, you know, it's, it's a slam of corporations because this is a it's a black and white ad for for milk. And it's about and it, and the theme is some millionaire's got so much money that he's just going to throw it away on stuff. And he's got a big board meeting in a dark room, and it looks like looks like a, something from Citizen Kane. And uh, it's just quite funny. But on the other hand, it's also kind of uh, sinister. I've got billions to spend, and I want to waste it. Bob, ideas. Well, we could put the whole internet into a book. Too practical, Jim. We could light more of your money on fire. Too easy. We can make milk out of something other than cows, like beans or nuts. But milk comes from cows. That's the idea. Draw up the plans. Got milk? Huh. So, yes, the egg is huh. quite funny. Oh, they have it, a whole bunch of Because it blasts the soy milk and right. the nut milk and the other bullcrap and things that aren't milk. Yeah. 
at, at the same time. So it makes a point about milk. But the other the, the subtext is this horrible billionaire is trying to screw everybody because he just wants to waste his money on crazy projects. <laughs> Not let the babies have milk. That would be bad. No. Yeah, I know. It's a, the, ad, the ad industry is crazy. Uh, how much more time do I have on the on new vagina uh, commercials? Do I have like a couple more weeks left until the first real vagina commercials are coming on? Where they where they say the word vagina? I think you're already, you're going to be overdue pretty soon because they're they're ramping it up. They're ramping it up. This is forty seconds, and I'm going to give you four. What was, no, here wait, I'll tell you. I got the calendar. It's yeah. uh, okay. Thank you. You made the prediction on October thirteenth. And you did it, you said, six weeks. Oh, okay. So I have until the end of November. Uh, yeah, that's six weeks, the end of November. Four, five, six. Yeah. yeah. It probably okay. Thanksgiving, essentially. Okay. Well, I think it's coming because they're ramping it up. This is from two broke girls. Four vaginas. Oh, two broke girls. This is, done, this is produced by the same woman who produces her own show, Whitney, which is a dog. Yeah. Arr! And... <laughs> Yes, and uh, you know, oh, well, I think I that you know I, where this woman came out of the came out of nowhere. She comes from uh, Chelsea lately. She's on uh, the she's she on the comedy roundtable. Yeah, she's a writer, but she's always on the roundtable uh, with Chelsea lately. Uh, by the way, I, they rarely use the, the use the word vagina on that show. Uh, but I think there's a sales pitch coming up. Um, you know, this is how when I was at MTV. Uh, I did the sales pitch for Budweiser to get them to, you know, to buy the channel, um, buy the channel, but buy ads on the channel for spring break. You know, and what it, you know, then, you know, basically you, you talk about, you know, how appropriate the audience is for the brand, you know, uh, 37% of all uh, men uh, watch MTV, drink Budweiser, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you show some clips of how appropriate it is. I think there's a sales pitch going on to get uh, ads from feminine uh, products that actually will use the word vagina because they actually managed to put four vaginas in 40 seconds on the show. Oh. And speaking of reframing things, I have a surprise. I redecorated my room. I scoped out some cheap fabric and bedding places down on Houston Street. What do you think? <laughs> I think you've made a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sister, you may think that sex is the last thing on your mind, but... You turned your bed into a vagina. <laughs> you think my vagina has curtains? <laughs> I don't know how long it's been. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Okay, but I still have to make the cupcakes to bring by that place tomorrow. I don't want to keep you awake, so why don't you sleep in my bed tonight and I'll pass out on your vagina. <laughs> okay, but you better buy me breakfast in the morning. <laughs> That's, what is, is, was there? You saw that you watched this, right? Was there anything funny? No. In fact, if I said to any woman, your vagina has curtains, they would shoot me. You can't say this stuff. That's rude. And it's not funny. That's the most, that's, it's not funny. Your bed looks like a vagina. <laughs> that's so great. Turn up the canned laughter. This has got to be a pitch. I don't get it otherwise. Pitch for what? I think, you know, this is, I don't know what the point of this is. I mean, I know what you're saying, but I'm not buying any of it. I just think this is dumb. Well, it is, but the the only reason they would do it is because it, the whole everything's about money. 
Come on, everything's about money. We know that. So it has to be uh, related to an ad coming up. It has to be related to it. There's no other way. Yeah, well, talk, or a movie. The Vagina. <laughs> Maybe the Vagina Monologues is going to be made into a movie. That's what this is all Maybe about. Maybe it's the attack of the 50-foot vagina. With curtains. I'm more inclined <laughs> to think movie than ad. It's back, and it's pissed. It's the 50-foot vagina, and uh, they it's They wanted to make a movie with curtains. the vagina in the title, and they, could, they had to set the audience up first, so they did this. That's my that's my well it would take on it. it would still be advertising then. Well you, now yo <laughs> What do you mean reap? Yeah, it was <laughs> no no. It was a stretch. It was still yeah, you know, it's not really a stretch. Before it's crap. <laughs> well talking about it's talking about, crap. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was opening a new segment. Yes, go ahead. What that segment was this gonna be? Since we're talking about money, I wanted to get my Bernanke clip out of the oh, way. Oh, let's do that. Yeah, let's do your Which Bernanke. was some Bernanke had this big press conference and so they so they asked him about all oh, this crap is happening and 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 they so they said what can Americans do to because of this mess that we're in and Bernanke actually answered the question what we can do it's lame but I think it was at least worth listening to deal seemingly was done and now the rug was pulled out are you getting the sense that this economy just can't catch a break and how would you advise average Americans to deal with these continued shocks to the economy and to the financial markets well I don't want to make excuses again um uh, but I we, will. <laughs> we did overestimate the, uh, the pace of recovery for some fundamental reasons having to do with... Isn't that all they have to do? Isn't that his entire I job? I no other job. And by, so he blames it on bad luck. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. As I mentioned, uh, uh, the, the time taken to achieve financial repair, the, uh, uh, the state of the housing market, and so on. Um, but that being said, as, as I indicated earlier, uh, there has been a certain amount of bad luck, and, and <laughs> I think the, uh, the volatility in um, financial markets associated with the European situation has been, along with volatility associated with U.S. fiscal conditions, uh, has been a, a drag on recovery. I think. Hey, dude, it's a total drag, man. It's a drag. It's part of the reason why uh, the second half of 2011 was less strong than we anticipated when I was here at the last uh, press conference uh, in June. So there has been uh, that uh, concern. Um, it's showing up in Americans' uh, confidence and sentiment. You can see that uh, right now uh, consumer confidence is about where it was in the depths of the recession. That's very discouraging. Um, it, to some extent, at least, that will be uh, a drag on consumers' willingness to, to spend and to invest. Um, my, my best advice to, to Americans is to, uh, uh, is to continue to, to live your lives, though, and continue to, to think about <laughs> to just get don't by. Don't kill yourself. <laughs> don't, 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 put down the gun. Put down the gun. About uh, <laughs> your personal situation and try to make smart decisions based on your own financial <laughs> position. Um, clearly, Americans are trying to uh, improve their balance sheets. They're trying to pay down debt. That's, uh, of course, important. Uh, of course. Uh, the same time, you want to make smart decisions. You want to make good investments. You want to uh, budget properly. So uh, financial literacy is a is a big part of this, and and uh, lack of financial literacy was one of the things that got. Hold on a second. If it says minus, John, does that mean bad? I'm just checking my financial literacy here. Minus. It has red numbers. I into this mess in the first place. So uh, I would advise. Uh, 
people. But did to, you hear uh, that? He said lack of financial literacy is what got us into this mess. What in the an first asshole. Place well, let me listen to that again. What a dick. Trying to pay That's down bullshit. Debt. Lie. That's, uh, of course, important. Uh, uh, at the same time, you want to make smart decisions. You want to make good investments. You want to uh, budget properly. So uh, financial literacy is a, is a big part of this, and, and uh, lack of financial literacy was one of the things that got us into this mess in the first place. You stupid slaves, it's all your fault. You are not financially literate. First place. So uh, I would advise uh, people to, uh, to try to be smart about their finances. Um, unfortunately, we can't disassociate ourselves from, from Europe. The things that are happening there do affect us, and oh. uh, that's an unfortunate fact. Yeah. Uh, facts, facts. I hope very much that... Uh, the Europeans will find a set of solutions that will allow markets to calm down and, and uh, take off some of the uh, headwinds from the U.S. Headwinds. Uh, can I get the memo that headwinds has been dropped? Maybe you should just say sell your liver. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of interesting memes in there. One, of course, as you point out, the financial literacy, but it's also Europe is to blame. Yeah, come on. I mean, come on already. Nah, that's yeah, pretty bad. Um, second half of the show, can I just do a couple of things that are interesting to me and me alone? Okay, then I'll, I only have one more clip anyway so uh, that I think is worth playing. Good. Are you familiar with the two-ball cane logo? What? The two-ball cane. That's some sort of porn thing, isn't it? No. Go ahead and Google that. Consult the Book of Knowledge. The two-ball cane. I can't consult the Book of Knowledge unless you play the theme. Oh, I'm sorry. Of course I will play the theme. Consult the Book of Knowledge. You have permission. Just Google two-ball cane. And look at the... Just click on images and look on the images. I'm looking at the images. There, It's a hockey stick with a couple of nuts. And now turn it upside down. What does it look like? It looks like an erection. Nope. No, if you turn it upside down with the balls at the top. It's the face. Well, the balls are at the top on this one. Right, and what does it look like? Looks like an F. It's the Facebook logo. <laughs> the two-ball cane is an ornament worn by the Freemasons. Hello. It's been in our face all this time, and we haven't even noticed it. Well, did anyone notice it? Where'd you get this information? You got it from a, from the no, no Agenda News Network? That's exactly where I got it from. Well, who noticed it? We should be crediting them. Um, wow. Well, if you go to noagendanewsnetwork.com, you can probably find it. I'll see if I can find out who turned me on to this. But I was like, holy moly, that is so right on. The Facebook logo is the two-ball cane upside down. And upside-down stuff, your brain sometimes even responds to that better subliminally. So what? Well, they did a study uh, with people wearing glasses uh, that turned everything upside down, and it only took them. I think it was like a half an hour to, to adjust, start, right? Adjust, yeah. 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 So uh, I thought that was uh, rather interesting. So it, what does it mean in in uh, in part in the parlance of the Masons? New World Order. New World Order. Facebook is part of the New World Order. That's what it means. Two ball cane. <laughs> Two ball cane. <laughs> I love it. Is it Called the two ball cane. There's two balls in the cane. It's Every the- picture that shows them, if you, if you look up two ball cane on on Google and just look where it says images, they're all flipped over. Oh, really? So maybe you don't even have to have it flipped over. Yeah, it says that they're all F's. It's crazy. 
It's but it doesn't because it look, it's a cane. It's like that's the handle, so that's the way it should appear. Doesn't it look it just should lo- be an F? Oh, okay. Rather as opposed to a hockey stick. Doesn't it look just like the Facebook logo though? Go to go to Facebook.com. You don't I'm have looking to. at the, these things, and it's like most of them look like the face. Well, a lot of them do. Just go to Facebook. Just go any to, or have a blue background, which I find even creepier. Yeah, just go to Facebook.com, and you'll see their logo is the F with the dots. It's the two ball cane. Well, that's a stretch. No, I don't think so. It's an F. So, okay. I mean, I think it's cute. And the F is looks like the cane, but the, there's no dots. It's just a line. Uh, no. If you look at the Facebook logo, you'll see that they don't have that the line. They have different ones, but the one I'm looking at doesn't connect. It's the two dots that create the illusion of the line. I've never seen that logo. Go to Facebook itself. It's, it's got a line through it. There's no two. There's no two dots on any Facebook logo I've ever seen ever. Okay, doing it right. Find one. I have. Okay. I, I well, I have it in the show notes. Three five three dot dot com. I have a link to all the images with the balls. It's got the balls. It's bullshit. Somebody photoshopped balls. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a reason why you and I aren't on it. <laughs> we have a second sense of these things. We do. Top secret new SAS base under construction at the Olympics. This is uh, this came in this morning, as I haven't really been able to do the research. But here it is. A top secret new SAS, that's this, the Secret Service uh, Armed Services in uh, Gitmo Nation East, it's under construction at the Olympics. The elite troops can com- combat any terrorists at uh, next year's London Games in an instant, according to The Sun, a very reliable source. Uh, Chinook helicopters have been in action over the capital for months, ferrying special gear to the new East London HQ. Underground bunkers will have troops. <laughs> wow. This is going to be great. I can't wait for those Olympics. It's gonna be, that's going to be... The Olympics are going to be great. Yeah, that's going to be all. You know, they had a, a, a an entire school on lockdown here in the Southern California yesterday. Did you hear about this? No, this is local in Arcadia. So, someone calls up the school and says, "I'm going to kill somebody." Literally, that's what it was. They lock down the school. They don't <laughs> let the kids out. They, they then, should let the kids go home. No, this is what's crazy. And then they, they send out these blasts to parents, like automatic phone messages and text messages. We're on lockdown. We'll let you know when we let your kids out. This is wrong. This is prison. It's not a prison. You can't lock kids into the school. Well, the, this, this human resources here are accepting it. They're like, well, we didn't get enough information. No, your kids should not be locked in school, period. That's not, not okay. A prison. It is here. It's the lock. It's all lockdown. Last time and I nobody, checked, nobody says anything. You tell me that none of the all these news no. channels down in L.A. No, nobody came on and editorialized no. about how this no. is like treating no. the kids like prisoners and keeping them in the school when they could go home. I mean, does it, is it? Does it? Does anyone notice that the word lockdown is used in prisons? Yeah, it's a prison term. Lockdown. Schools on lockdown for their protection. Man, I'd be like, get my kid out of there. Are you crazy? Ugh. Another reason to do homeschooling. And, or to go to Texas. 
Yeah, you know, Texas. Well, you, you're not gonna. You're gonna run into some weird crap going on down there too. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, we'll I'll be reporting on it. The European Union is now considering Florida school. Here, I'm just looking down. Schools on lockdown, uh, and there's a bunch of Florida schools on lockdown. Yeah. November 10, 2010, a school lockdown has trapped hundreds of thousands of students in all the schools. All the South Florida schools were locked down on November 10, 2010. It's, uh, this South has got to, Florida City issues school lockdown after threat. This has got to be some kind of conditioning. Because they just get a threat, you know, just like a random threat. It's not like someone's walking around with an Uzi on campus. I think it's exactly the wrong thing to do. And by the way, you're you know that's the that's terrorism. You're 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 making the kids Terrorizing afraid. Terrorizing the kids. And what happens if it's just actually a bomb planted under the school to blow the thing to smithereens? And you want to make sure you kill everybody in the school. Let's put them on lockdown so they're stuck in there. I don't think schools have that right, and I think it's yeah, no one. But there's you're right. There's no editorializing of hey, what the heck is going on with this lockdown crap? It's lame. Anyway, I got to do this trip around Gitmo Nation. Staying in the Gitmo Nation, East Britain's largest police force uh, is operating covert surveillance technology that can masquerade as a mobile phone network, transmitting a signal that allows authorities to shut off phones remotely, intercept communications, and gather data about thousands of users in a targeted area. So I guess the way this works is you've got a phone signal, but you're actually connected to the cops. (laughs) Great. That works. Great. Yeah, this is fantastic. Mom. <laughs> um, then we have um, it, at Schiphol Airport in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, uh, the authorities there have introduced a new scanner that scans the entire airplane while people are in it. The truck just drives by scanning the whole plane and everybody in it. That's got to be a powerful laser. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. You're in an aluminum tube uh-huh. with insulation, mm-hmm. and the X-ray machine goes through the aluminum, and then it's got to go through you. Yeah, of course. This is X-ray. This is X-ray terrorism. Of course, this it is. is. Not, there's no way it's going through aluminum and then hitting your and just hitting your surface and then you know finding a gun on you. Mm-hmm. Not possible. Yeah. And then what about the gun being on your other side? But even I mean, worse. So it's going right through your body. But even worse, they're saying it's to look for drugs. What the hell is that? Get a drug-sniffing dog, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, Walk well, him down the aisle. He'll find the drugs. I mean, I don't know which one is better, to get scanned uh, and radiated or to have metal filings in my vaccine. I'm not quite sure which way I want to die. I have to ask someone. I have to consult the Book of Knowledge, well, which is, is best. Scandal. It is a scandal, but no one says anything about it. And meanwhile, in the European Union, United States of Europe... Uh, the EU is now considering, it's on the front burner now, smart biometric borders <laughs> with facial recognition. <laughs> That'd be great. And the Department of Defense here in the United States of Gitmo Nation uh, has uh, instructed authorization for the creation of military department counterintelligence organizations. This is what uh, the Undersecretary of Defense, Michael Vickers, has just announced. So now there's military department counterintelligence organizations. So we're going to just start more organizations. More we need spend- more intelligence we agencies. We need more wasteful spending. More, please. There's just not enough of it. Oh, man. 
So I ran into a clip from C-SPAN. On a, uh, I want to see if you can spot the interesting little odd new piece of information. There's a guy that came on. It was a, it was a TSA uh, hearing on Homeland Security and airports and all the rest of it. And this guy was going on about how they got to streamline the system. So because the problem is we have, you know, it's, it's inconsistent. You, you, you go there one day, you got to wait an hour, another day as you walk right through. Right. And what are we going to do to change things? And uh, it's, this is also part of that new program that, that they want to get everyone to sign up for. But there was a little tidbit in here that the guy just dropped that I was uh, just caught my attention done without a person having to spend 45 seconds of their time with their hands, you know, in a position like this, um, getting screened and then going through the resolution process. If you take a look at what we're proposing in two to three years, we're just uh, talking about taking existing equipment, reordering it, and making it a little bit more efficient because, you know, in the end, the efficiencies to be gained are by not having shout-outs in the airport uh, checkpoint saying, Take this bag, take this passenger, and move them aside because that slows down the lane. Um, so, so I think, and, and I confidently believe in this, is is that we can establish a high enough baseline to ensure security, but also to do something, and that's to take the level of detection that we have right now, whatever that that number is that that the committee has, and we can raise it even higher because we can direct our screening resources on those people that we know le- less about, least about or those who appear on watch list um, or um, another type of of security list that uh, the TSA has. Senator Collins. Um, What other other type of security list that TSA has? What is this? Hmm. Something we don't know about. Yeah, duh. They can appear on watch lists or some other kind of security list that the TSA has. Hmm. And did no one pick up on that in the in, no. the, in this hearing? Yeah. No. Nah. No. Oh, wow. <sighs> we are so screwed. Well, if people were paying attention, we'd be less screwed. But right. everyone's just zoned out. It's just terrible. We're just getting nowhere here. We hopefully uh, can keep this show on the road. Yeah, that would be nice because we we do need to continue to do the work. That's for sure. Uh. I say uh, uh, in the next week or two, look for our president to be a little wacky. Uh, now that uh, his physician has said he's in good health and tobacco-free, i got to think he's yeah, on the... He's I, on I the, almost was going to take that clip. I think I don't have a clip, but I think he's they on the... They made a big deal out of this. Yeah, I think he's on the Shantix. What do you think? Oh, God. <laughs> I, think he, I, think that, I think they put him on the Shantix. So we got to be on the look. Let's see if he acts kind of weird. Tobacco free. Perry must be on Shantix. That might be explaining it. Oh, well, could be. He looks like a smoker. Yeah, he does. So um, he's also the president's also scandal free. By the way, that's good. <laughs> Did you see yeah. this report? Yeah, he's scandal free. <laughs> so, so we're gonna do the next show on Monday, not this Sunday. Yeah, uh, I, if everyone's okay with that. Uh, I think it'll be better for the show because then I really have time to prepare and I'm not tired. And you know. That gives me one more day of clips. Yeah, so we can have an all-clip, all-the-time show. I think I think that'll be the best. And so pass uh, pass the word on that, uh, that we'll be doing the show on uh, on Monday. I, I know some people will be upset because they don't you know they don't know about it or whatever. Or they you know they 
whatever. And people like it for their Monday morning commute. And I know it's important, uh, but we'll we'll just have to do it Monday morning. So it'll be better for the show, and I think that's uh, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, I'm all in. All right, we'll leave it at that. Please remember that... Uh, Unlike PBS, we don't have a production unit to uh, make commercials for Dove and uh, put them in the program. It is actually uh, the case that we deliver the product instead of you being the product. And you might help yourself out by considering an 1111 donation because we've got the big 1111 coming up. We just had one. But of course, in one week from today, plus a day, Friday, the 11th of the 11th of the 11th year, and uh, karma may be exactly what you're looking for. Go to Dvorak.org slash NA for that. You got anything else there, Johnny Boy, to, to wrap it up? No, I'm done. Okay. I think I... want to I thank sh- everybody who donated. Much mentioned that any amount helps, so uh, if you only can donate a dollar, do it. Yeah. And uh, I'll roll out the latest uh, Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged uh, right after we're done here on the stream which is on 24 hours a day. Coming to you from Get My Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California, where the mice's feet are up or down. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where our warm weather is ending today, the clouds are rolling in, and it'll be miserable from now until the rest of the year. Your name? Or until, I guess. Your until name? the end of the year. Your name? Oh, I'm John C. Dvorak. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll talk to you again on... Uh... Monday, right here, on No Agenda. Yeah, it used to be a liquor store owned by this old Irish guy who had freckles on his penis. <laughs> Sometimes he'd corner you and flash it, but then he'd always comp you a free lotto ticket. <laughs> okay, well, let's try and keep that sort of charming nostalgia out of our sales pitch. Oh, that's the owner. I scoped it out before you got here. And remember, I'll do the talking. Why don't I get to talk? Freckle penis. Dvorak.org slash N-A-A.